onto local or national emergencies. The Army National Guard reacts to domestic operations in each of America's 54 states and territories, including Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, Guam, and the District of Columbia. Each state National Guard's unique domestic role is to act as the first line of defense in support of civil authorities in their state. The Guard's emergency responses include search and rescue missions for floods, combating wildfires, hurricane and tornado recovery, and the presidential inauguration. The Army National Guard. We are always ready. We are always there. And in every state and territory, we stand guard for our communities. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Colorado Army National Guard. Aired by the Colorado Broadcasters Association. KKSE. Parker. Denver. Home of the Nuggets. Home of the Avalanche. Altitude 950. Denver's all-sports station. Live from the Altitude 950 studios. The Vic Lombardi Show starts now. He's the only one who knows what the buttons and dials do. Jesse Trujillo! He's the newlywed who hasn't yet established good boundaries. Mario! He's a millennial who keeps this train on track. Sort of. Will H.W. Peterson! He's the smartest man in Denver sports media. And he wrote about it in July. James Merlat! And he's the star of the show, the center of the morning universe... The one and only, Vic Lombardi. Prince sprints it across the timeline, guarded by Murray. Driving addition to Muscala for three. Uh-oh. This is not good. Time out, Denver. Nuggets are down by 15 points to the Atlanta Hawks, who have won three times on the road this year. Atlanta does not want to win. Do people understand this? The Atlanta Hawks want to lose. They want the number one pick in the draft. They want to lose, and they could not lose at Pepsi Center last night. Welcome to the Vic Lombardi Show, joined by James Manchester Merrillat, H.W., Will Peterson. Fellas, uh, I don't know what was going through your mind last night, but when I made my list of the worst losses of the season, that list, you might as well just throw it away, because last night's loss tops them all. I had trouble sleeping, and you know how I feel about this. I don't want to wear these games. I don't want to wear this stuff at home. I wore it last night. Yeah, what I was thinking, Vic, was we need to stop making a list of their worst losses, right? Because if you have enough that you can make a list, that, that that sort of tells you everything you need to know, right? Like, we keep sitting here and going, well, they'd be 26 and 16 if they weren't for this, this, this. They're not a 26 and 16 team. Michael Malone said it exactly right last night after the game. He said, we're not a playoff team. They're not. I mean, we we need to stop kidding ourselves. Now, can they turn into one? Sure. Do they have the talent to be one? Sure. But when you keep losing games like this, like the Sixers, like the Pacers, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But you understand that those two teams you just mentioned, they want to win. Atlanta does not want to win. I understand that. So, But you're, you're not a playoff team if you can't beat the Hawks at home. Find me a playoff team who lot, who's going at the end of the year who lost to the Hawks on their home floor. Find me one. So we're delusional. We're delusional when we sit here and go, oh, they could be the four seed. You know, and then they got a puncher's chance and then they get to the second round. Come on. Really? Really? Well, you lost to the 10 and 30 Hawks at home. I'll say this. There was an equally devastating loss in the Eastern Conference last night. You could say the same thing about the Washington Wizards who lost at home to the worst team in the Western Conference, Utah. 
But do they have a list Second of those kind of games? No, are, are no. People, is, is Tony Kornheiser on this morning in Washington, if he even has a show in Washington anymore? I don't know. If he Is he there going, well, this is first, and it moves this one down to second, and now these are my eight worst losses of the year for the Wizards? I mean, I, you know, again, they have enough talent. They, they have a roster that's playoff worthy. So I, I'm not sitting here saying they can't turn it around and let's all throw in the towel and let's start, you know, breaking down the, the third string guards on the Broncos. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying right now, January 11th, 2018, reality check time is Michael Malone's right. This is not a playoff team. It's not. Well, what's happened here in the last five days, think about what's taken place in five days. They have a loss to the worst team in the Western Conference, Sacramento, by record. At Sacramento. Then a loss to Golden State, which was probably, not probably was, their best game of the bunch. Then another loss to the worst team in the Eastern Conference. So you have a sandwich of losses there. And the best game they played was against the best team in the NBA. Which leads me to believe that this is a, this is a mental thing, right? It can't be a talent thing. It's a mental thing. It has to be. Yeah, and I tweeted it last night, Vic. The Nuggets play to the level of their opponent. When that opponent is the Warriors, that's great. When that opponent is the Atlanta Hawks, it's extremely concerning. Right now, it's a team that plays to the level of the opponent, and that's all fine and dandy when you're playing the elite teams. That's a really bad sign when you're playing the Kings and the Hawks. Well, I'd love to get some answers from folks today. We have three hours to discuss. Michael Malone will join us at 745. This should be fun because Malone was, uh well, he was on fire after the game. Uh, we'll play more of his comments here momentarily. He did not appreciate the effort displayed by his team. And you know what? He blamed himself. See what he says the day after. Time now for big news right now. What lead headlines? The big story we're following this morning. What caught everyone's attention? The big news right now. Well, the first item is pretty obvious. What we all saw last night at Pepsi Center. Uh, by the way, guys. Pepsi Center was dead. And, and, and again, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to blame fans for not showing up. I'm not going to tell you where to spend your hard-earned money. I'm never that guy. But I I can't understand. One week, they sell out the place. The next week, nobody's there. Can you, name, you, know a, what? Can you name a over. hawk? Can you name a hawk? I know. I get it. I get it. I get it. Is it all about the opposition then? Because if it's all about the opposition, that means that your own fans aren't showing up. Well, you're 21 and 20. Okay. I mean, again, it's reality check Thursday, right? Like, uh, you know, you can't go lose to Sacramento and then be mad that people don't come out to watch you play a team that... I I, Seriously, Ilya Sova, Prince, Plumlee, Bazemore, Schroeder... Delaney, Deadman, Collins. I don't know who any of these people are. It's I'm just making up names. I open the phone book point and he plays for the Hawks. Okay. Vic, you mentioned it. Michael Malone was pretty upset post game. Let's hear from the head coach. For us to come out with the lack of energy, lack of a sense of urgency, I put this loss on me. Obviously, I'm not doing my job to get this team ready to play. We come out thinking we can just show up, and in this league. When you think you can just show up and win a game, you get your ass kicked. He did not mince words, did he? No. I'll go back to what the disconnect, guys, um, and I don't know what it is, but when you feel 
the lack of presence in the arena as it was yesterday. There, there was nothing there. There was no electricity. I think that rubs off. Like it or not, it just rubs off. Man, they should be able to beat the Hawks by 25 totally at the agree. DAC. You should, to, you should be able to win that game in a bingo parlor. Exactly. I agree with you. Exactly. I agree. I'm just making an observation. I said it when the game started. I looked at the person next to me and I said, my God, this place is dead. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with that, but it's a Wednesday night in January and the 10 and 30 Hawks are in, and within the last week you've lost to the Kings. I, I think it's understandable why the place was dead, right? You, if, you want- if you don't have a list of your five worst losses of the year and this team comes in 26 and 14, do you think that do you think the building's dead? I don't. I'm not saying that the uh, the lack of uh, electricity led to the loss. It just didn't help the environment and the atmosphere at the beginning of the game. That's all I'm saying. It just felt bad. Meanwhile, see what happened between Tad Boyle and Andy Enfield last night. CU goes to USC and loses by 12. The number was 10, by the way. Comes up with Got numbers if they hurry. And a good steal. McLaughlin picked the pocket of right. McLaughlin will let it fly for three, and he's got it pretty Fellas, did you hear what happened late in the game with uh, 21 seconds to play and SC leading comfortably? The game was over. Andy Enfield called a timeout in which he did not substitute anyone. He didn't make any changes. He just called a random timeout, sort of a message timeout. Tad Boyle wasn't happy with it. Afterwards, he talked about it. He said he will remember that gesture when USC comes to Boulder in February. No, great, because that's the only place his team can win a game. They haven't won a true road game all year. It's a team that took a buzzer beater to beat Quinnipiac. So great, we're gonna we're gonna remember this one. Okay, it's a disappointing result after it's, what happened with with Arizona and Arizona State, and then Tad chirping up. It's a, it's a tough loss to lose by double. This is such a bunch of false bravado, right? You you talk trash going into the game, you but get what, your butt kicked, wait, 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 and then you're then you're talking after the game. Where's the trash? He just I, I don't understand. Trash talk is saying we're going to go in there and kick some butt. That's trash talk. He didn't talk trash, really. So uh, talking about how. Arizona and USC have the most talented teams in the conference and they insinuating that Not they have that. Be- yeah, saying, saying they be- have that because they cheat. Yeah, they but, do. Okay. That's not trash talk. That's factual observation. Well, you didn't back it up. They're so. under FBI probes. Okay, so, but what, is, what did he expect? The what did he expect? No, no, no. What, 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 did, what did Tad Boyle expect? He pulls but, that. They go out. They I lose. get it. He doesn't expect... The, the USC coach to call a timeout? To, to say anything it. back? I get it, but let me tell you the difference between trash talk and factual talk. Trash talk is saying, man, we're going to come in there and roll it up on you. We own you. That's trash talk. Big difference. He was stating the obvious. He was stating what a lot of coaches think but won't say. He said it. Why do, the price for it. Why do a lot of coaches think it and not say it? Because a lot of coaches have trouble in their own departments well, that's a that fair they don't point. want exposed. That's why. That's a fair point. Nathan McKinnon going to the All-Star game. Absent it right back into McKinnon down the left wing. McKinnon to the front of that shoots. Score! Nathan McKinnon! He sent it right through Leonard's five hole. He shocked the heck out of him. Came marching in with backhand a forehand and he slips it right through the pillows. And the Avs have tied the game at two. So not only is he a heart candidate, an MVP candidate, 
Nathan McKinnon, the Avs representative at the All-Star Game. The All-Star Game will be played January 28th in Tampa. Second straight appearance for McKinnon. He'll also be in the NHL All-Star Skills Competition the night before on the 27th. Uh, only Avs selected Nathan McKinnon. Uh, I think Eric Johnson and Gabe Landeskog and Miko Rantanen all had cases, but this new format, it's competitive. Good to see McKinnon get in. Well, it's, you know this new format. This It's three-on-three, three and it's via division. So each division has a team, and you just play three-on-three three against the other division. Sort of weird, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice honor, though, and it, it, I think it's uh, symbolic of how far the abs have come. A topic I want to get into, though, as the show goes on. When did the abs sort of take off? When did McKinnon take off? When they got rid of du- when Duchesne was dealt. Yeah. Okay, so maybe addition by subtraction is a recipe for mm. another team that plays at Pepsi oh, Center. We'll get into that. Trust me. Uh, we, you know, when I ask for uh, observations and suggestions from Nuggets fans, that'll be one of them. That'll be among the fans' suggestions today. Uh, Sports Authority Field undergoing a facelift. The Sports Authority coming down today. Notice, Sports Authority is going out of business. Save up to 30% on everything at Sports Authority. Save on every item in every department. Save on every famous brand. Take up to 30% off everything. Everything must go. Don't miss the biggest sporting goods liquidation ever. Sports Authority going out of business. That was over a year and a half ago, Vic, and they're finally taking the signs down. You know what I'm going to miss most about Sports Authority, which was previously Garp Brothers? The uh, three-block lines... At the uh, Broadway store during uh, Sneagrab, call it Sneagrab. Yeah, remember that people, people would like camping camp- out. Yeah. yeah, but can you believe that commercial we just heard is from June of 2016? It's a great commercial, by the way. And yeah, they're just well now done. taking the signs down. Hey, man, better late than never. I was there yesterday, fellas. Touche. And I wanted to ask if I could bring those signs home. I wanted to purchase a sign. Let me tell you something. It's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. I honestly thought you can go up there with a pair of crescent wrenches and take care of that stuff. Those things are huge. That's it. It's taking forever to remove those signs. But I gave me an idea while I was out there, and it will be the subject of our Power 5 question of the day. Rather than take the letters down, Sports Authority has a bunch of letters. Why not just rearrange the letters? Save yourself some money. Rearrange them into another freaking name. So think about that when we have our Power 5 coming up. Michael Malone at 745. Up next, on Altitude 950, our piping hot takes. Thanks for listening to the Vic Lombardi Show. You can also watch via Periscope. And yesterday, somebody asked me about our uh, app. Yes, the app is free. You can download it. It's available. So if you're out of town, take the show with you. We want to travel. We're back after this. There's big news in the new year as mortgage loan limits are increasing, meaning you may be able to borrow more money when purchasing a new home. It's an increase that will give buyers more choices in homes so you can plan your new year and the things you want to accomplish. Make sure home ownership is near the top of the list. With just a 10-minute call to the salary-based mortgage consultants at American Financing, you can start the process of getting mortgage approval, an even better way to find out exactly what loan amount you can be approved for. It will make your home search more enjoyable. So give my friends at American Financing a call, 303-695-7000. Check them out online at AmericanFinancing.net. They're the official mortgage company of Altitude 950. NMLS 182334, regulated by the Division of Real Estate. 
950, Denver's All Sports Station. Crackman and Harris. Coming up on the Thursday edition of Crackman and Harris, one half of the show returns. Ryan Harris is back from Las Vegas. I'm Josh Dover, still sitting in for new father Nate Crackman. We will hear from Gina Mizell of the Denver Post. Check in on the Denver Nuggets, who host the Atlanta Hawks on Wednesday night. And we'll also get to see the big fella in a USC jersey as he has to pay the piper in Mark Mosher. Mark Haas provides the jersey. It'll happen around 4 o'clock. You will not want to miss it. Crackman and Harris, 3 to 6 on Thursday. Only on Altitude 950. Safeway is currently hiring drivers to work in our transportation department located off I-70 in Colorado. You will ensure the deliveries are made on time with precision routes and timely scheduling. You will be able to go home at the end of every shift. And the starting rate for the driver's position is $22.49 an hour with a potential bonus of up to $5,000. You must have documented work experience in the transportation trucking industry to be considered for this position. You must have a Class A CDL, at least three years or equivalent to 300,000 miles of all season or mountain driving experience with tractor-trailer equipment. Refrigeration experience preferred. Must be 21 years old to apply. This is a great opportunity to work with a stable company you can retire with. Safeway treats their employees outstanding, offering an excellent compensation and benefit package, starting out at $22.49 per hour with a potential bonus of up to $5,000. To apply for the driver's position, log on to SafewayDenverDC.com. That's SafewayDenverDC.com. Safeway is a drug-free workplace. Do you have a hankering for some real, authentic, quality Colorado Mexican food? Make your way down to Rayel de Minas. Experience the ambiance and taste of Mexico with their meals prepared from the freshest of ingredients. And when you're in the mood to unwind, the happy hours at Rayel de Minas will help. Live music, karaoke, and delicious, authentic Mexican food, it's Rayel de Minas with four convenient locations. Find the location closest to you and drool over their online menu at RayelDeMinasRestaurant.com. This may not be easy for you to hear, but you might need a hearing device. Do you have trouble hearing in crowds? Has someone told you you had the game on too loud? It could be you're having some hearing loss, and a modern, barely visible hearing device might be the solution. We're not talking a clunky old thing like Grandpa's. Visit EchoHearingCenter.com. Schedule a free hearing test. Then Echo Hearing Center can help you determine if a hearing device is right for you. Listen, if you think you might be having a hearing problem, why not check it out? Visit EchoHearingCenter.com. Over $135 million. That's how much money the C3 Group recovered for its clients just in 2017. The C3 Group is a group of licensed public insurance adjusters, engineers, appraisers, meteorologists, and other experts here to help you with your insurance claims. Consider them a go-between between you and your insurance. Let the C3 Group help you today. Visit the website at C3Adjusters.com. C3Adjusters.com Save hundreds on your next Yukon, Buick Encore, Sierra 1500, or Acadia at Sus Buick GMC. At Sus, there are no dealer fees, ever. The price you see is the price you pay plus tax. Sus saves you hundreds on their vast selection of over 500 new and used cars and trucks. So when you're looking at the sleek and powerful new GMC terrain on Sus.net, you can focus on how you'll spend the hundreds you saved. Sus Buick GMC, where they treat you like family. Family owned for over 35 years at 30 1301 South Havana in Aurora. 
The Altitude 950 Traffic Update. A couple delays on southbound I-25, keeping traffic slow. Traffic is brought to you by Compassion International. Right lane, right shoulder crash, southbound at 104. So watch for delays there. And an accident southbound I-25 approaching Alameda, keeping traffic slow coming out of downtown. An accident clearing off the left two lanes eastbound 6th Avenue at this point, approaching Federal. Becoming a child sponsor with Compassion International will bring hope to a child in poverty. Find out how at Compassion.com forward slash radio. I'm Chris McLaughlin with traffic on Altitude 950. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Now, back to Vic Lombardi. Maybe that's just a wake-up call. Stop thinking we can just turn it on whenever. We got to come out and play from the jump. There's no way we should have lost that game, but um, they had energy from the jump. They see some shots go in, and now we're playing uphill the whole game, and we just couldn't uh, get over the hump. Man, if I can get me uh, 15 Gary Harris's. What have I been what have I been saying all year about Gary Harris? Most indispensable player on the Nuggets. Eleven of fourteen last night. A game high twenty five points. He brought it. He always seems to bring it. Didn't bother him. Didn't bother Gary at all. He was the only source of offense at times last night. Uh from the text line. Vic, the lack of of electricity at Pepsi Center. That take is one of the worst you've had in a while. Nuggets need to come out and be professional. Coach Malone felt like those in attendance should have gotten their money back. All the hype with Jokic is overrated. That's from Josh. That's not my hot take, Josh. I'm stating a fact. I'm making an observation. If you were there last night, I've been in libraries that had more hustle and bustle than Pepsi Center. I'm just stating a fact. I'm not saying that one should lead to the other. Nuggets should win that game in a bingo parlor. They should win that game in a church. They should beat Atlanta anywhere, anyhow. I'm not blaming the crowd for the loss. I'm just telling you how it felt. That's no lie. Let's get on to our piping hot takes. I am the greatest. Because I spit hot fire. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station, and the Vic Lombardi Show present Piping Hot Takes. Brought to you by Porter at Venice Hospital. Top 5% in the nation for robotic prostate surgery. It's Vic's Hot Take. Listen, whatever we say this morning, it will not match the fury of Michael Malone after the game last night. It took a little longer than usual for Coach Malone to emerge from the locker room. Usually it's a good 10 minutes after the game. It took twice that last night. Obviously he had a few words to say to his team. Probably had to collect himself. But let's listen in. Okay, let's listen to what Coach Malone said. And then after this, I'll give you my piping hot take. You know, tonight's loss, you know, I, I'm not going to use the word embarrassing because that would be disrespectful to Atlanta. You know, you got to give them credit. They came in here and beat us. Uh, but for us to come out with the lack of energy, lack of a sense of urgency, uh, was really disappointing. And at the end of the day, Ali, uh, I put this loss on me. Obviously, I'm not doing my job to get this team ready to play. Uh, whether it's the Philadelphia game without Joel Embiid, whether it's at Sacramento or tonight, uh, we come out thinking we can just show up. And in this league, when you think you can just show up and win a game, you get your ass kicked. Uh, and that's exactly what happened tonight. So um, tough, tough loss. Obviously, we have to bounce back. Uh, and we're going to stop using the word playoffs for a while. Uh, we're not a playoff team. Uh, the team that you've seen as of late, uh, playoffs should not be in our vocabulary. That's 
just worry and focus on beating one team at a time. So our whole focus right now is to beat Memphis on Friday night. Coach, you spoke before the game about not taking any team for granted. How much of a learning lesson is this game, and how do you implement that in your players moving forward? Well, I'll tell you, we talked about it before the game. Mm-hmm. So obviously uh, we're, we're not learning quick enough. Uh, and, and, the, and the games that I mentioned were recently, obviously. The Philadelphia loss at home without Joel Embiid is a bad loss. Uh, you go in Sacramento and have 26 turnovers for 40 points. That's a bad loss. Tonight, again, this is a bad loss if you want to be a good team. And, again, it's give them credit. They came in here and attacked from Jump Street, had us on our heels, played with harder than us. I mean, that's what drives me. Forget the 4 for 21 from Nicola or the 6 of 17 from Will. All, forget the numbers for a second. They played harder than us. That, that's That right there drives me crazy. Was that your message to the guys in the locker room? Yeah, amongst other things. But overall, the message was you got playoffs and go out there and play like that. You, you can't speak out of both sides of your mouth. Actions are, speak a lot louder than words, as we all know. If you really want to be a playoff team, and I asked Darrell Arthur, who's got playoff experience, Richard Jefferson, Paul Millsap, Mason Plumley, they know well, the way we play tonight is not even close enough to getting it done if you want to be a playoff team. So really disappointed in our effort. Uh, fans have every right to be upset. If I was paying good money to come see this team play and they put that kind of a performance on, I wouldn't come back. Well, there you go, Michael Malone in defense of the fans. Playoffs? Yeah, he don't want to talk playoffs. I'll make this quick because I know we got two other piping hot takes. He mentioned how he uh, sought out the veterans to provide a little feedback on what it takes to get to the playoffs. Problem is the veterans on this team, they don't have much of an impact. So how much, if you don't play, if you don't have a real role, how influential can you be? Richard Jefferson doesn't play. Darrell Arthur doesn't play. Paul Millsap can't play. Kenneth Fareed barely plays. Wilson Chandler plays with very little emotion. So that leaves you with a bunch of young players who have never been to the playoffs left out there to police themselves. Not an easy task. Next hot take. It's HW's Hot Take. When Vance Joseph and the Broncos moved on from seven coaches after last season, we said, man, that's a guy who went into Elway's office, chucked a bunch of people under the bus to save his job while his new coaches are now coming into place. And, man, does he have a lot of coaches. You go to the Broncos' official website, they are up to 24 coaches. Sean Kugler is your offensive line guards slash centers. They also have another offensive line coach, Chris Strausser, who's your offensive line's tackles coach. Welcome Chris Cragthorpe, who's your offensive quality control coach. Try, try Cragthorpe. Cragthorpe. Point yeah. being, Vance Joseph got a lot of people fired to save his own butt. A couple of those guys deserve to go. Not all of them did, and he's getting his way now. Look at some of these guys and their fresh new Broncos polos picture already up on the website. Pressure's on, VJ. You got your way. I'm floored you got your way, but you got your way, and now you're getting your coaches. Better not start under 500 in those first four or five games, or all these guys, including yourself, aren't going to be in their fancy Broncos polos for long. Still just one-fourth the size of the Alabama coaching staff. Next hot take. It's Manchester's hot take. During Tad Boyle's first four seasons in Boulder, the Buffs won 24, 24, 21, and 23 games. They were 92 and 50. They went to the NCAA tournament three times. They won a Pac-12 tournament title, and they were ranked as high as 15th. Apparently, after March of 2014, teams started cheating when it came to recruiting. 
Because since then, the Buffs have gone 16 and 18, 22 and 12, 19 and 15, and now they're 10 and 7. They've been to one NCAA tournament in the last four years. So what changed? I mean, you just want to sit around and bitch and moan that there, people are cheating in the conference? Because apparently it didn't happen before that when you were able to go 92 and 50. Tad Boyle needs to look in the mirror and stop blaming everybody else. Tad Boyle hasn't recruited a good enough team. Tad Boyle doesn't coach his talent well enough. Tad Boyle can't figure out who's supposed to be on the floor. Tad Boyle can't get anything out of Dom Collier. Tad, It's a Tad Boyle problem. Stop pointing the finger at other coaches and what they're doing and how life is unfair because you're not bending the rules and you're not getting away with things like they are. Stop. Because how were you able to do it those first four years? How were you able to do it then? And now you can't. What has changed? The game hasn't t- changed. The sport hasn't changed. You've changed. Look in the mirror and fix the problem. Stop pointing a finger at everybody else. Your um, irrational anger toward Tad Boyle is somewhat amusing at times. I, I mean, this guy, he turned a program around and really put him on the NCAA map of late. And I don't understand what your goal is here. My goal is to get off the treadmill, Vic. How how have the last four years been in Boulder? I I get it. I get it. I get it. You're not going to have. You're not Kansas. Why did you're not? You're not North Carolina. Why was he successful his first four years? Was there no cheating in college basketball then? Perhaps the recruits stayed longer. Did, did you did you notice what's happened in the last few years? A lot of his guys have left earlier than expected. Why? All I'm saying there are a lot of factors here. What what is your conclusion here? That Tad Boyle's no longer for the job? What, what is no it? no? See, it's like the John Elway thing. I, I, any criticism of people is not me saying they should be fired. Jesse, we can play back my entire hot take if you want, and 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 hear me say Tad Boyle should be out in Boulder because I didn't say that, but. The the fact that people are above criticism at all amuses me. The, well, he, so we can't criticize him at all. I'll re, no, I'll read this text, which says they, they made the tournament three times in a row. They won 24 games twice. I mean, it was 2012. It was six years ago. But that's a free pass. Teflon Tad. We've got a new one. Teflon Tad. 3629 says, only Manchester would bitch about Boyle after he wins against Arizona State and Arizona in successive yeah, games. Yeah, I mean, Teflon Tad. He's 10-7. and seven. No, they, hell, they won two games. They won two big games. Uh, they don't have to do anything the rest of the year. I don't care if they win another game. That's a free pass. Yeah. Give him a lifetime contract. Teflon Tad is good to go. I'm happy going to the tournament once every four years. And, and you know, when they've gone to the tournament, how many games have they won? What, what have they done in that tournament? I mean, it's like the Rockies. They got one extra game. That's great. Let's throw a damn parade. Can, can we? Can we? Can we call the mayor up in Boulder and see if we can block off Pearl Street for this parade? Because they're they ten won. and seven. They beat both the teams from Arizona on their home floor. Wow, they haven't won a road game all year. Your kids better get four point or they're in trouble, brother. Those expectations are through the roof. I like we come back. Teflon Tad. It rolls off the Teflon Tad. That does fit. When we come back, let's talk, uh, let's discuss our hot takes a little bit more. The Nuggets, your Teflon Tad take. HW, you talked about what? Assistant coaches? He's got like 30 of them. That's next on the Vic Lombardi Show. Welcome Chris Cragthorpe, who's your offensive <laughs> quality control coach. Try, try Cragthorpe. Cragthorpe. Piping Hot Takes has been brought to you by Porter at Venice Hospital. Top 5% in the nation for robotic prostate surgery. 
Here's your National Western Stock Show update, brought to you by Lifetime Windows and Siding. Tickets are on sale for tonight's Pro Rodeo performance in the Coliseum. Free with your grounds admission today is Cinch Equicross in the Coliseum. Teenage contestants competing for scholarship money, fast-paced and packed with entertainment. Tickets and info at nationalwestern.com. This National Western Stock Show update is brought to you by Lifetime Windows and Siding. Great windows at a fair price. Call 1-800-GET-WINDOWS or go online to LifetimeWindowsColorado.com today. Student loans, car loans, high interest credit cards, debt adds up for all of us, but there are ways around it. Hey guys, it's Mark Mosier from my friends at American Financing, and I'm here to remind you that refinancing your home loan is an easy way to save a lot of money. Think of it this way, a lower interest rate means lower monthly bill payments, and mortgage interest rates are far more competitive than a student loan or credit card rate. I'm talking rates in the low single digits versus rates in the high double digits. Why wouldn't you consolidate the high interest debt by refinancing your mortgage. You'll speak with a salary-based mortgage consultant who will customize a loan for your needs. They're already saving customers up to $1,000 a month. Plus, there are no upfront fees. You could close on your new loan in as fast as 10 days and may be able to postpone up to 60 days of mortgage payments. So call American Financing today. 303-695-7000. or AmericanFinancing.net. The official mortgage company of Altitude 950. NMLS 182334. Regulated by the Division of Real Estate. Hi, this is Jack Farland, owner of Farland Classic Restoration. Since 1991, we've been Denver's premier classic car restoration and sales shop. From rebuilding a rare 12-cylinder Ferrari engine to performing world-class metalwork on a Jaguar XKE, you'll find we're always up to something interesting. What can we do for you? Learn more at FarlandCars.com or on Facebook at Farland Classic Restoration. This may not be easy for you to hear, but you might need a hearing device. Do you have trouble hearing in crowds? Has someone told you you had the game on too loud? It could be you're having some hearing loss, and a modern, barely visible hearing device might be the solution. We're not talking a clunky old thing like grandpa's. Visit EchoHearingCenter.com. Schedule a free hearing test. Then Echo Hearing Center can help you determine if a hearing device is right for you. Listen, if you think you might be having a hearing problem, why not check it out? Visit EchoHearingCenter.com. It's your favorite time of year at Pepsi Center. Don't miss the chance to cheer on your Colorado Avalanche. Landon Scott tipped it, and the Avalanche win the game. Tickets for all games are on sale right now. Reserve your seats today at coloradoavalanche.com. Go Avs, go. Altitude 950 traffic update. Expect delays eastbound I-70. Traffic brought to you by the Ad Council. An accident blocking the left and center lanes eastbound at Pecos. Only the far right lane is getting by at this point, but that is a slow patch. Also a crash on 6th Avenue eastbound blocking the left two lanes. This is approaching Federal causing a delay. In the wake of a hurricane, everyone wants to help. Monetary donations are the most effective way to make a big difference. Donate today at supporthurricanerelief.org. I'm Chris McLaughlin with traffic on Altitude. Altitude 950. Altitude 950. Denver's all sports station. Text us at 30933 to join the show. Anyway, three game losing streak. Guys got to get better. We got to play harder. That's the main thing. We got to come out ready to play from the beginning. Defense and just play hard. You know that whole play hard thing. I, I had trouble understanding. I don't. I don't understand what that means. 
Play hard. I mean, what do you mean play hard? I, I'm going to ask Coach Malone about that. How does that manifest itself in a game? Is it not hustling? Is it not getting back on defense? I mean, because to me, when you're watching, doesn't it look like the same game every time? I can't tell if they're playing hard or not playing hard. I can tell if they're winning or losing. On occasion, you could see if a guy doesn't hustle. But most of the time, it's it's the same game to me. Have you ever played in a basketball game or a flag football game or a softball game or a bocce ball in the backyard and not played hard? Ever? I'm trying to understand that concept of not playing hard. Now, I get it if if there's nothing on the line and you're like, oh, you're resigned to the fact this means nothing. There, there, there's nothing at the end of the rainbow. Why am I here? Like the Broncos versus Chiefs week 17. Okay. Yeah. I can almost understand. I can almost understand when Aqib Tlaib stops running. Who, who do you stop running after? Kareem Hunt? Yeah. I'm like I can almost understand it. I, maybe, but uh, the only thing I can understand is if you're down 45 to 10 and there's a minute and a half left and maybe you're not going all out. That I get. But at the beginning of a game, at the start of a game, how do you not play hard? You know, I'm not, and listen, don't get me wrong when I say this, because every team plays under the same rules. Do not get me wrong. But man, the NBA season is too long. There's too many games. There's just too many games. Well, Sorry. but but Vic, I just did a little bit of math. All right, so say you play 82 games and you play 40 minutes a night. That's that's superstar minute, right? It's 3,280 minutes. Wow, good math. You beat me on Google. You How many it? minutes a night? I did it in my head. It's not that hard. 40 minutes a night, 82 all, games. You did that in your head? Well, Manchester yeah. did. Yeah, there's no chance it could do that. Can I get through my math real quick here? That would literally take me 10 minutes to solve that. If you divide that number by 60. That's 54.6 hours, 55 hours a year that you're asking to quote-unquote play hard. And I get it. That's easy for me to say from this chair when these guys are conditioned like crazy and they're busting up and down. But in terms of actual performance time on the court, it's a little less than 55 hours a year if you play 40 minutes a night all 82 games. Uh, and, and look, there's more to that, way more to that job than the games. There right? is. Like there's the there's the. Staying in shape, there's the workouts, there's the diet, there's the travel, there's the practices, there's all those things. Of course. But all the more reason, if you're doing that stuff right, that you want to take advantage of the game. The game's the fun part. The game's, that's why you're doing all the rest of that crap. So, to, to just squander those opportunities, I, I, it makes no sense to me. I just don't get it. I have, well, I, I do just ever, don't understand it. Do you ever have, let, let's, Again, we can only only personalize these things. You ever have shows where you don't ring it hard? You just don't feel like you, I have. I've had those shows. No, you don't. Do we you have to slap yourself and wake up and say, "Come on, yeah, no, you know, you no, 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 work no, 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 no." Do you, do you ever have shows where at the end of the show you're like, "Ah, it just wasn't there today." Yeah, but we're not. I'm not criticizing someone, Vic, because he, he his jumper was off. Sometimes you just have a bad night. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're just it's just not there. But. <laughs> You don't start a show and just be like, I'm not going to try today. No, I think what's alarming, I think what we're trying to get at is this. It's one thing to have a game where one or two guys aren't playing hard because they're tired. It's when five, six, seven guys aren't playing hard. That's when you get what you got last night. Right? Right. When it's a collective problem. If it's one or two players, then you're like, okay, we could sub them out. Rotation gets to work. We can can win this thing. But when it's half of your team... Not bringing the energy. 
I don't know how you fix that. Well, because one or two players, there could be a viable reason for it, right? The guy is coming off the flu. Uh, he couldn't sleep the night before because he's got a kink in his neck. Whatever, right? And he's just, he's just not his day. He's just not there mentally and he's out of sorts. Fine, but you don't have, you don't have seven guys who had a bad night's sleep and aren't ready to go. Like, that's not what's happening. So well, it's concerning. I think it's still a little deeper than that with the Nuggets. I still think they need, and I keep saying this, and you guys, I, I sound like a broken record. They need that veteran who's willing to take a guy by the collar and say, dude, what the hell's your problem? They need that voice who's been there, done that, who can say, what's your problem? What are you doing? Well, maybe. But if there are guys on the team that wouldn't listen to anyone, it wouldn't matter who that veteran was saying that. All right. So is the problem they don't is the problem they don't have anyone saying that, or is the problem they have guys who they ain't gonna listen to anyone? I just think it puts listen, it puts guys like Richard Jefferson and Darrell Arthur are veterans who have been to the playoffs numerous times. Puts them in a tough spot when you don't really contribute, right? You don't you don't play. And you go up to a younger player who's been in the league for two months or whatever and say, Hey, you gotta do it this way in the back of their minds they're like, dude, you don't even play. Well, maybe those guys should play then because, like, I look at a guy like Wilson Chandler. I mean, in Golden State, he got 38 minutes. He scored eight points. In Sacramento, he got 27 minutes. He scored seven points. Here against Utah a week ago, he got 33 minutes and scored three points. Like, you can't tell me that Richard Jefferson can't put up more than three points in 33 minutes. I'm not trying to pile on Wilson Chandler, but I almost feel like we've reached a point with Wilson Chandler of why is he still getting 30 minutes every night? Well, we'll ask Coach Malone. I'll ask the coach at 7.45. Hey, um, uh, before we uh, forget, I, I want to get back to that uh, Teflon Tad hot take from yes. Manchester. Yes. Because you got a couple texts that uh, agree and disagree with you. Uh, from 7.679, Manchester spot on with his take on Tad. Love what he's uh, done with the program, but the team has been mediocre at best for four years. Continues to get a free pass here in Denver. Uh, James? You didn't explicitly call for Teflon Tad's firing, but he didn't explicitly blame CU's recent lackluster seasons in cheating. He was asked if it meant extra to beat those teams. That's from Chris and Ford Fun. So he wasn't talking trash. He was just answering a question. So we're going to start at 9th and Pearl, and we'll go down Pearl to 17th. We're going to hang a left. We'll go to, we'll go to Pine. And then we'll come left on Pine back, which is west. And go up to ninth. Were you running the Boulder Boulder? No, that's the parade route. Yeah. That's the parade route. Because they beat Arizona and Arizona State. So I, I just want to make sure I got it all mapped out when I call the mayor. Uh, and because they, they won those two games, so we shouldn't say anything. Or you can go back to what you had. Okay. You can go back to what you had if you want. You want, you want to go back to what you had before you, uh, okay. That's fine with me. So, if so you want to trade, those you are want the to options. trade Tad Boyle. You want to trade what he's brought to what you had before. So those okay. are the, those are my two options, Vic. I can we can say mediocre or we can be bad. No, I can't I can't shoot for great. Understood, understood. But it's a quick fix for you. Like bring in a new coach and you'll get better than what you are. How do you know that? How do you know that this is not their peak? Did I How do you know that say that? Did I say bring in a new coach? He didn't what say it. What is the implication? What is the insinuation? I'm not a scientist, but I think I can figure out My this formula. My hot take was Tad Boyle in his first four years was 92 and 50 and went to the NCAA tournament three three times. In the last four years, he the same guy has not been very good and they've gone to the tournament once. It's a Tad Boyle problem. Look in the mirror and solve it instead of pointing the finger at all the cheaters and saying, woe is me. 
That was my hot take in a nutshell. Understood. So, He's not woe is me, though. I, I don't see really? him in every press conference saying that. He answered a question. Okay. All right. That's how I see it. I don't, maybe I'm reading it wrong. He was when making an back, excuse. Okay. When we come back, um, got a lot to catch up on with Michael Malone. Appreciate him joining us the day after a, a devastating loss. And I hate to use that word. It's freaking January. They can rebound from this. How? Well, we'll ask the coach, Michael Malone, next on the Vic Lombardi Show. Ted Aces here. Urology cancers, including prostate, kidney, and bladder, are among the top ten cancers diagnosed in men. At Porter Advantage Hospital, part of the Centura Health Cancer Network, they are pioneers in robotic urology surgeries, performing more than anyone in the entire Rocky Mountain region. In fact, they've been named among the top 5% in the nation for prostate surgery three years in a row. Learn more about their minimal incisions, maximum expertise at porterhospital.org slash urology. What's at Lamar's Donuts that you won't find at any ordinary donut shop? How about gourmet indulgences of the highest quality? Lamar's Donuts are always made by hand daily and with only the best ingredients. That was Ray's way. Come enjoy our delicious donuts at one of our nine conveniently located Colorado Lamar's. And also visit us online at lamars.com. That's lamars.com, where we have simply a better donut. Hi, this is Jack Farland, owner of Farland Classic Restoration. Since 1991, we've been Denver's premier classic car restoration and sales shop. From rebuilding a rare 12-cylinder Ferrari engine to performing world-class metalwork on a Jaguar XKE, you'll find we're always up to something interesting. What can we do for you? Learn more at FarlandCars.com or on Facebook at Farland Classic Restoration. Basketball is on tomorrow night on Altitude 2. Watch as your Denver Nuggets go head-to-head with the Detroit Pistons. Pre-game starts tomorrow on Altitude 2 at 6 p.m. with tip-off at 7 p.m. Altitude gets you an all-access pass to all things Nuggets all season long. For more behind-the-scenes interviews and game time, follow Altitude TV on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. Altitude Sports, your TV home of the Denver Nuggets. Open Thursday through Sunday, the International Sportsman's Expo at the Colorado Convention Center. Try the gear, buy the trips, meet the pros. The Sportsman's Expo, open Thursday through Sunday at the Colorado Convention Center in Denver. Darren College, a former NFL Super Bowl champion, signed the most important contract of his life to serve in the Army National Guard. The National Guard for me was a perfect fit. I've had a lot of military in my family. It's a big part of what uh, my family's done for a long time. I'm, I want to go out there and make a difference. I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. I didn't find that in the normal day-to-day life. I didn't find that working behind a desk. I realized being hands-on and being a soldier was something that would keep me active, keep me outside, keep me in the, that team environment that I craved and that I needed so much. And then the opportunity to serve my community and serve my country was just icing on the cake. I wanted to be in Boise, Idaho. I wanted to be home. The National Guard gave me the opportunity to stay right where I was, serve my country and my community, and it was the best of both worlds. I grew up flying bush planes in Alaska with my dad. I was fortunate enough to get my pilot's license. I wanted to be in helicopters. I wanted to be a crew chief. The Army National Guard gave me a chance to fly helicopters now instead of fixed-wing aircraft. To learn how to be part of the Army National Guard, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Colorado Army National Guard. Aired by the Colorado Broadcasters Association at this station. 
The Altitude 950 Traffic Update. An accident clearing eastbound I-70 at Pecos has backed up traffic all the way to Sheridan. Traffic is brought to you by the T.J. Martell Foundation. Also getting word that a crash has shut down the ramp from westbound I-76 to 88th Avenue. So expect slowing through there. And 6th Avenue eastbound running slow between the car garrison exit and Federal because of a crash. Join the T.J. Martell Foundation in the fight against leukemia, cancer, and AIDS. Your support helps facilitate cutting-edge research that will lead to more effective treatments and save more lives. Visit T.J. TJMartell.org to learn more. I'm Chris McLaughlin with Traffic and Altitude 950. Altitude 950, Denver's all sports station. Now, back to Vic Lombardi. Maybe that's just a wake-up call. Stop thinking we can just turn it on whenever. We got to come out and play from the jump. There's no way we should have lost that game, but um, they had energy from the jump. They see some shots go in, and I was playing uphill the whole game and just couldn't uh, get over the hump. Gary Harris, after last night's loss to the Atlanta Hawks, we welcome on the hotline the head coach of the Denver Nuggets, Michael Malone. And, uh, Coach, first of all, thanks for joining us. I don't know how you sleep. Last night, I'm just a lowly pre- and post-game host, and I I got up at 2 in the morning and just sat there with my eyes open staring at the ceiling thinking about the game. How do you do it as a coach? Oh, it's it's hard. Obviously, the uh, games like that you know, keep you awake, and even when you sleep, it's not a good sleep. And for me, when I woke up, uh, I felt even worse than I did after the game last night. Um, it's, it's, it's a bad feeling. Obviously, we're in a bad place right now. And all we have to do, Vic, is find a way to, to come together, to work, and, uh, and and just bring a work ethic and a sense of urgency into the game mm-hmm. uh, and approach it, as I mentioned after the game last night, just one game at a time. Let, let's not worry about January schedule and this and that. Let's just worry about beating Memphis tomorrow night, and that has to be our focus one game at a time. You opted uh, not to practice today. Was that by design? Maybe just get away, let the guys breathe a little bit. Why did you go that route? Yeah, well, we're going to uh, – all the players, we have a, a team event tonight, uh, and I didn't want to bring them in twice, bring them in this morning, and bring them back to the arena tonight. Um, so we will have guys uh, – all of our guys will come in, get some play development, get some treatment, get some film work in. Uh, but – it was more of a decision because, one, we're in the middle of three games and four nights, did not want to win the battle, lose the war, and run our guys into the ground today, even though that was definitely a thought after our game last night. And, two, I think you know, after the words that I had shared with our guys last night, um, and obviously I was, I was pretty upset after the game, give those guys a chance to let that soak in and think about where we are and uh, where we want to go and how we're going to get there. And obviously last night was not even close to being good enough if we're really sincere with the goals that we set forth back in Boulder in September. Uh, so the, really, the, the decision was, one, from a physical standpoint, and then, two, mentally, you know, think about what happened last night. Think about what happened in Sacramento and against Philadelphia and the fact that we're 2-4 and four in our last six games. And, you know, individually, what do you have to do to help change things? Because where we are right now is not close to being good enough. Here's my amateur analysis of uh, what was going through the minds of your players last night. They've become so comfortable in turning it on at home. Third quarter explosions, right? Uh, trailing at the half and then suddenly just snapping the fingers and coming out in the second half and winning the game. I think they expected to do the same. And when it doesn't happen, you're left, you're left wondering what the heck just happened here. Well, if you go back to the Phoenix win and the Utah win, you're exactly right. Um, 
we show up against those teams thinking that we can just beat, show up and beat Phoenix. They're not a good team, right? And we're lucky because in the third quarter we turn it on and we win the game. Mm-hmm. And then Utah, well, again, well, you know, we're okay. We can just flip that switch to your point, and we flip the switch in that third quarter and we win the game. And it, it, that is a bad uh, habit to get into. We're not good enough. We're not talented enough. Uh, and as I mentioned uh, to everybody last night, who are we – to, to think that we can just show up, we haven't done a damn thing, Vic. We haven't been a playoff team. We haven't, you know, we haven't been a team that's gone deep into the playoffs. We have to be a young, hungry, desperate team that brings it every single night, and that's what our fans should expect of us. And more importantly, that's what we should expect of ourselves. And last night, to a man, we did not do that. And again, I'll take the blame. I have no problem taking the hit because I am coach at the end of the day, and I have not done my job recently of getting this team ready to play. And you can talk about it, you can talk about it, you can talk about it, but we're not doing it right now, and that's that's concerning for me and our staff right now. Interesting that you say that because, um, you know, people handle adversity differently, but it's also how you handle success. You know, hearing people talk you up, oh, this is playoff, oh, these guys are good, oh, and that, that, that really... It impacts you when you're playing teams like Atlanta. Uh, you don't take them seriously enough. So when you say you're going to take that on yourself, don't you need some help in the locker room, though? Isn't it? Isn't that on the players themselves to understand that this is a profession and they've got to be professionals? Obviously, it's uh, this is our job, right? My job as a coach, uh, if you're a player, your job is to play. So, uh, and, and that's where you hope that guys understand that. But again, um, you know, we—if you look at who we're playing, you know, Jamal, Gary, Nicola, Will, Trey, Tory, Malik—that is a lot of young guys. And obviously, we have some great veteran experience, guys that I called upon after the game in our locker room, like Richard Jefferson, like Paul Millsap, like Darrell Arthur, and even Mason Plumley, who helped—you know—who's not really old, but has been part of playoff teams. Um, so, you, you know, you need that veteran leadership to help you out. But, again, I'm not going to pass the buck. You know, uh, I, I am a head coach, one of 30 in the NBA, and I get paid well to do my job. Uh, I, I'm not going to be a coach that sits here and says it's just on the players. I think we collectively, myself and our players, all have to do a better job. But it, it starts with me. And for some reason, Rick, we talked about it at shoot-around. We talked about it before the game. Let's learn from Sacramento, fellas. Let's learn from the Philadelphia game at home two weeks ago. You know, we have to be ready to play. And we never talk about somebody's record. Not once did we mention, hey, they're 3-19 and on the road. Because I don't want that creeping into our players' into our players' heads. Um, but uh, for, for whatever reason, that message has not been getting through. It was not. Uh, they didn't take it to heart. And, again, we're, we're, we're here the next morning following a very, very tough home loss to the Atlanta Hawks. And, uh, and again, I'll take the responsibility, and it'll start with me. How noble of you, Coach, to take all the responsibility, but we know it's much more complex than that. Uh, Nikola Jokic, you've had several discussions privately with Nikola. You told him to have a little more fun. Uh, what, what's going on? Is, is there a confidence issue with his shot? Is there more to it than what we're seeing? You know, I, I think it's um... – that's a great question. I don't have a black and white answer. Yeah. I think there's probably a lot of different things going on. Um, I, I do feel that just watching him, I think he feels that there is a, you know, he's putting a lot of pressure on himself, first and foremost. And I we're think putting pressure on him, that, too. Let's be honest. We're putting pressure on him as well, Coach. Yeah, I mean, and, and which, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I think we all come to realize that we love Nicole and we think he's the future of this franchise. 
and obviously uh, there are many expectations from him, from uh, his teammates, from the coaches, from the franchise, from the fans, from the media. And uh, and I think for him, it's not to, not about all that. I think he just wants to play well and help this team win, and he wants to continue to uh, show his teammates that he's capable of doing the job. And I think in Golden State, you saw a wonderful game. Yes, triple double, and he played with confidence and he was aggressive. You know, last night obviously he had a tough night. You go four for twenty-one from the field, and I think oh, of eight from the three-point line. You know, uh, you know he had a tough shooting night, uh, and we as a team had a tough offensive night, shooting forty percent from the field and twenty-four from the three-point line. Uh, and I thought your question after the game was a valid one. At what point do you say, okay, my, my three-point shot as a team or as an individual is not working tonight. Let me find other ways to get my offense going. Let me get in the post. Let me try to get to the foul line, whatever it may be. And uh, Obviously, we, we were not able to do that last night. Uh, so I just think Nicola right now is probably thinking a little bit too much, putting too much pressure on himself. And, you know, as I told him before the Golden State game, and I'll tell him again today when I see him, you know, just it's not just one person. We're not going to win with Nikola Jokic carrying everybody on his back. We will win collectively with every guy in that locker room pulling their own and helping this team move forward. And uh, and he just has to stop kind of putting it all on him right now. And uh, you hate to see him go through that, and we have to help him go through that. Um, I get a lot of this on, on Twitter and on the text line, people saying, well, you know, Coach Malone ought to change his rotation. He ought to mess with his starting lineup. But I looked at last night's game, and honest to God, I'm like, I, I don't care what you do with your rotation. I Just the team as a whole is flat. And my question to you is, how does a lack of energy, how do you know, how does it manifest itself? What do you see as a coach that you know, oh, they just don't have it tonight? Because we just watch a game, every game looks the same. What are you noticing out there? Well, I tell you what, you know, we showed about five clips at halftime. And the clips that we showed to our players at halftime, Vic, were just that, uh, that clearly showed that we were not ready to play. We were not mentally engaged. We were not physically giving extra effort. Uh, you know, there were clips where we just stood around, and as they ball flew around the court, we were standing flat-footed and making no attempt to get out to their shooters. Torian Prince has three threes in the first four minutes of the game. And, you know, good player, good shooter, but there's one possession where we make no effort to even go near him to get a contest. Uh, we talk about having game plan discipline. So it's not just the physical aspect, it's also mentally. They hit another three right in front of our bench. And we talked about when the smalls set screens for each other, we just can't stand there and yell to our teammate to switch. And we do that between, you know, uh, two of our players and we give up a wide open three. So for me, when I know we're not ready to play is that uh, it's body language, it's a uh, it's a sense of urgency. Are we flying around? Are we covering for each other? Are we giving that multiple effort? Last night we were a single effort team for most of the night. A single effort team most of the night, and that's when I know. And uh, it, it's it's unfortunate because uh, you know you have a chance to win at home and get that bad taste out of your mouth from going 0 and 2 on a road trip out west, and we let one slip. And uh, and my concern is that. It's not just last night. I don't like who we've been the last six games. You go two and four, and the one game where you can say, hey, you know what, we really re- competed from the 48 minutes was Golden State. Yeah. You talked about a third quarter, Phoenix and Utah save our butts. But from the Philly game, Phoenix, Utah, Sacramento, Golden State, and now Atlanta, I think we really played one complete game, and even that game was a loss. So, uh, you know, we have to figure this out and kind of get back to the way we were playing earlier in the season. So, at this point, would you consider any lineup changes, starters, rotation? 
I think you always have to constantly look at where you are, um, what's going well, what's not going well. And, you know, I understand, hey, fans out there, you know, uh, they want a lineup change. They want a uh, different rotation. Well, before we go two and four, I think all the fans loved the rotation <laughs> and loved who we were playing because we had gone, you know, I think five and two in our last seven games. So it's, you know, it, it changes game by game. I understand that that's what fans do. They want to uh, react after every single game. I'm not going to react after every single game. But now I'm looking at it, Vic, six games now, there's been some issues. So we'll look to see what we can do better. Uh, I want to find a lineup that's going to go out there and give us some energy and play hard. You know, uh, I mean, Kenneth Reed, I thought, was really good in that first half. We were flat. Mason got in foul trouble, threw Kenneth out there, and I thought he gave us good minutes in the time he was out there. Um, so maybe it is a, an opportunity for some other to step up and play and, uh, and bring some life to this team that right now is looking like they are flat. That's what's crazy about this game. I was on that road trip with you, back-to-back Portland and Golden State, and it feels like a year ago. feels like a completely different team. How do you bottle what you had then and bring it now? Well, I tell you what, that's, uh, we've been thinking about that. We've been talking about that. Didn't leave the arena till late last night as a staff, just trying to figure out uh, what the hell is going on with our team right now, and most importantly, how do we how do we fix it? And uh, to your point, uh, you know that that three game stretch we had with at Portland, at Golden State, then home against Utah was probably our best three game stretch of the year. And uh, when you look at those games and you say, well, why was it our best? Yes, we won, but why was it our best three-game stretch? The defense was at a tremendously high level, and offensively we weren't beating ourselves. Uh, And the effort, the energy, and the sense of urgency was there, even in a back-to-back, even in three games and four nights. And uh, I I think we just have to find a way to get back to that. And if making lineup changes or making changes to the rotation is part of the answer, then trust me, I have no problem doing that. I want to play the guys every single night that I feel will give us a chance to win. And, uh, you know, I, by no means am I married or wed to a certain lineup or a certain, certain rotation. We'll change it if it needs to be changed, and you know, we'll, we'll continue to discuss that as we head into this next back-to-back home against Memphis and then at San Antonio. Last question, Coach. I think part of the challenge of the NBA is coaching in the months of January and February, early February, because that trade deadline approaches and anxiety is at an all-time high. That's when players are nervous. Do you notice that this time of year? Uh, I think, you know, definitely as the trade line gets closer, you know, obviously early February, I think that starts to become uh, a little bit of a distraction. I'm sure players start to feel that. Um, I don't think that's what's going on with us right now. I I think it's too early for that. I think what's going on uh, with us right now is that, uh, and you said it earlier, I think we have this mentality and even Gary's soundbite going into this, you know, that, hey, we feel we can just show up and flip that switch and that um, you can't. When I was in Cleveland for five years and we had a guy named LeBron James, guess what? We, we could flip a switch because we had the greatest player in the world. Uh, we don't have that, that kind of player or that kind of talent. We have a very young, immature team that is getting better and learning how to win in the NBA and learning that you have to bring it every single night. And these are great lessons. They're tough to go through. I mean, that's why you weren't able to sleep last night, and I wasn't able to sleep last night. But hopefully, you know, by going through these and getting your butt kicked and and learning these painful lessons will make us a better team in the second half of the season. And uh, that's my hope. And hopefully, as we continue to work and stay together and learn from this, you know, we can be a better team. Well, Coach, when, when you lost Paul Millsap, I remember saying to my cohorts here on the show, I said, you know, if they can get through this stretch without Millsap, 
around 500 or just above 500, that'll be a huge win. Well, here you are, a game above 500. So I know we, I know we haven't had a great conversation about the way your team has played, but if you could stay around this mark when Paul returns, I think you're going to be in good shape. So uh, that's it's got to be hard as a coach though, because you don't want to you don't want to push his return, right? No, it's and that's the thing, you know. <laughs> What was the old line? You know, somebody in Boston up was Rick Pitino. Say, Larry Bird's not walking through that door. Yeah. You know, like, uh, yes, it's great. Hey, Paul Millsap got his cast off and he's rehabbing, and now they're going to ramp up his on-court conditioning stuff. You know, but the reality is, he is still at least probably two months away from coming back. Mm. And so, if if, if we're going to put all of our hope and dreams into the return to Paul Millsap, you know, uh, that, that's going to be a really tough sell because we have a lot of games to play before Paul Millsap makes his return. So we have to, like we've done to this part, I think right now 25 games since Paul's been out, and we're 12 and 13, which is not a – I'm not satisfied. I'm not sitting here having a party because we're 12 and 13 without Paul Millsap. But I think obviously overall until recently we've done a great job of weathering the storm, and we have to get back to playing the way we were playing prior to this 2-4 and four in the last six games. And that's only going to happen – if we continue to work, come together, and learn from these losses. If we continue to make the same mistakes, well, obviously nothing's going to change. So that's that's where I have to do my job, Vic, and help these guys learn and understand. Watch that stake every single night. Be ready to play from Jump Street. And you can't control your shot every night, but you can control effort. You can control energy and playing with that sense of urgency that we need from everybody. Coach, always appreciate the honesty. Always appreciate how blunt you are. Look forward to a Friday night, uh, 80s night. I will be serving my role as ball boy, and I'm going to be mopping like a madman. Don't worry about me. <laughs> oh, you know what? Hey, you set the tone for us then, all right? Come out and be the hardest working ball boy in the NBA. I will. And then we'll try to do the same uh, for all of our fans and try to show them that last night is not who we are and that we'll get back to representing them the way they should be represented with hard work and unselfish play. All right, my man, get some sleep. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. That is uh, Michael Malone, head coach of the Denver Nuggets, uh, kind enough to join us after a tough loss. And we mentioned uh, tomorrow night at Pepsi, uh, 80s night, and uh, each of us on the broadcast are sort of going to be playing our roles that we played in the 80s. I was a ball boy for the Alex English, Kiki Vandaway, Dan Issel days, and um, I'm going to be uh, set up right next to the uh, basket again, mopping away, uh, get a chance to watch the game up close. Hopefully they produce a little better than they did last night because uh, last night's effort's not going to get it done. Uh, a lot to unpack there. Uh, Coach said a couple things that um, I did not expect. Uh, one in reference to uh, Paul Millsap. We'll get into that when we come back right here on the Vic Lombardi Show. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Coming up tomorrow night, the Nuggets host the Grizzlies at Pepsi Center. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock for the pregame show getting away at 635. Jason Kosminski, the radio voice of the Nuggets, will be on the call. KKSE, Parker, Denver, home of the Moe's. Oh, my goodness gracious! Home of the Cars. Wiles, he got loose and threw it home with the right hand. The Abs and Nuggets and Denver's all-sports station. Altitude 950. Get out of my way! Now, back to Vic Lombardi. We haven't done a damn thing, Vic. We haven't been a playoff team. We haven't, you know, we haven't been a team that's gone deep into the playoffs. We have to be a young, hungry, desperate team that brings it every single night. 
And that's what our fans should expect of us. And more importantly, that's what we should expect of ourselves. And last night, to a man, we did not do that. And again, I'll take the blame. I have no problem taking the hit because I am coach at the end of the day. And I have not done my job recently of getting this team ready to play. You know, something caught me when uh, Coach Malone was talking about the difference between a player and coach after a loss like last night. And I got a chance to speak to both player and coach. So I can give you reference. I think some of the players I spoke to, the reaction was, you know, tough loss. It was one game. We lost. Coach looks at it as a stretch of games. You know, this started way back. And this started two weeks ago, this stretch. It's not just one game. It's the way you've played over the last two weeks. And it's finally caught up to you. You lose to Atlanta tonight because of the way you played in Sacramento. Because of the way you played at home against Phoenix and Utah. Now, you won those games, but you've played the same way. That's the difference, guys. Yeah, and, and there were a lot of things Coach Malone said that I that I liked and that I fully agreed with. But the, the two main ones were that he doesn't like the way they played in the last six games. And HW and I were talking about it during the interview. The last time they really played well was the night we sat courtside. That was the day after Christmas against Utah. We were Two. like... Two and five in their last seven. Well, that was that three-game stretchy reference, Portland, Golden State, Utah. Yeah, they they were very good at that point. The other thing, and I don't know what's happened since then. You know, you talked about it of, hey, you know, not only is it how people take criticism, but how do they take praise? Maybe they were reading their own press clippings at that point. I I, I don't know. The other thing he said, and this is is 100% true, and, you know, I don't know how you get it through to guys, but he talked about how being in Cleveland and when you have LeBron James, you can flip the switch. He's right. It's like, guys, we we're not good enough. We're not no. talented enough to just think we can flip a switch. But it's not just the last six games. They've been flirting with this disaster or this kind of disaster all season. Remember the Bulls game at home? Mm. The Bulls came in with three wins at the time. Three. That was the end of November, like maybe November 30th, thereabouts. November 30th. And, and Barton had to go coast to coast. And, and they, they had to have this crazy rally to, to get back in the game and then win at the last second. Like, uh, at what point, you know, Gary Harris said it's a wake-up call. Uh, really? Is it? Because the, the Nuggets seem like that team that, you know, instead of being the guy that when the alarm goes off, you turn it off, you get out of bed, you get in the shower, and you go to work, they're just sitting there. They keep hitting the snooze button. Well, that's my bone of contention there. Wake-up call. Wake-up call should have come two weeks ago. Right, right. The Bulls I mean, game should have been the wake-up call. This, this is not a... Maybe we view it differently. That, and that's what I'm saying. There's there's a, a disconnect there that the players don't have that same uh, urgency, I guess, is the best word, right? You know, if you have to come back to barely beat Phoenix at home, that's a problem. If you have to come back to barely beat Chicago at home, that's a problem. I, to me, I want a team that's wired to where that's a wake-up call. A win can be a wake-up call. Okay, so they're not wired that way. Well, a loss in Sacramento should be a wake-up call. Like, how many wake-up calls do you need? All right, let me let me ask the obvious question. Because here we are, we're we're tearing them down. We're talking about what they could be. Have we overrated the Nuggets? Maybe have we have we expected too much? Remember, they're playing without their high acquisition free agent Paul Millsap. The bulk of the season without him. Have no. we expected too much? No, I don't think so. Vic, this is a team that in back-to-back nights went into Portland and Golden State and won. Okay. So based on that stretch, then we expect them to play that way all the time. I'm not all the time. I asked the coach that. Not, not all the time. Uh, look, what I do? I think you should be able to show up 82 times and play at the same level. 
Yes. Is that a realistic expectation? Nope. You're going to have some clunkers. You're going to have some stinkers. You mentioned the Wizards last night. They, they lost to they lost uh, to Utah. Yeah, that's a bad loss. Everybody has one. But those Gold State lo- lost last night to the Clippers, uh, composed of a bunch of of D leaguers and Lou Williams. Yeah, but see those those losses, those clunkers need to be one of two things, right? It needs to be one of those nights where you just don't have it, like. Everybody's got a cold hand at the same time. We, we've all we've all seen those. Or you just walk into a buzzsaw. Lou Williams had 50 last night. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes the other guy just is he's hitting everything he puts up the minute he walks into the gym, and you got no shot. Sometimes you can't even make a layup. It's like there's a lid on the on the hoop. You got no shot. Okay. That those happen. But this is continual lack of effort and continual lack of focus. Remember the game where Coach Malone went off afterward and he said, I don't know what we need to tell him. We, we tell him Drew Holiday goes left every time and they let him go left. We tell him Anthony Davis goes right every time and they let him go right. Like that's not having a, just one of those nights. That's focus. That's effort. That's energy. Like that's controllable. That's my problem is it happens over and over and over. We can come up with six examples of it off the top of well, our heads. And one of the most frustrating things, real quick, is there's still just a game out of fifth. So if they just even win half these games that you were talking about, we have this list, they're comfortably in fifth on Minnesota's heels for fourth. So it's it's glass half full, glass half empty. Glass half full, they're only a game out of fifth. Glass half empty, they could be comfortably See, in fifth. But, and I was going to say, well, that begs the question, do they want to be fifth? But it... The great teams don't want to make the playoffs. Great teams don't want to win. Great teams hate to lose. That's the problem. That's the problem. Who's the guy on this team that is throwing a pan at the whiteboard because they lost at home to the freaking Hawks? Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a tough question to answer. And it, it's disconcerting because I'm not sure they know what's going on with uh, the Joker and uh, his inconsistencies right now. You know, I asked him flat out, what, what does he think it is? And it's a lot a lot of pressure on a 22-year-old, but at the same time, he is nowhere close. You see it. You see it in the way he's playing. I mean, we, we, we want it both ways. We complain when he doesn't take enough shots. Last night, he took too many. He was 0 for 8 from the three-point stripe last night. He kept jacking him up. There's something going on there. I'm hey, when we it's come a back, mystery. I just want yeah. to know what, what players couldn't sleep last night. That's my question. What players couldn't sleep last night? Because the coach couldn't. You couldn't. I couldn't. HW couldn't. Yeah, those are different reasons why you guys couldn't sleep. But I slept like a baby. Oh. <laughs> when we come back, our Power 5 question of the day. And uh, we forgot to mention the fact that Coach Malone referenced Paul Millsap there, and he actually gave a specific date. He says it could be two more months before he's back. We're looking at March here. Now, I don't know if they'll hold, they'll hold to that schedule, but you just got to treat it with caution, right? Those kind of injuries, just because his cast is off, doesn't mean he's ready to play right now. So you wonder about the playoffs. Jesse, do we have that playoff drop as we go to break? You never know about the playoffs. If this team continues at this pace, the playoffs... That's in Jim Moraland. Tough, tough loss. Obviously, we have to bounce back, uh, and we're going to stop using the word playoffs for a while. Uh, we're not a playoffs team. Uh, the team that you've seen as of late, uh, playoffs should not be in our vocabulary. You kidding me? 
Altitude 950, Denver's All Sports Station. Here's what you missed on the latest Mark Mosier Show. I mean, all these different voices being thrown out to all these different players. If you had a problem delivering a message last year and getting your singular thought through all these coaches and you wanted to get your, you know, well, I saw it and I really didn't do anything about it and we want to change that culture, well, then what are you doing with all these different folks running around? It would seem to me like you want to streamline things a little bit here and we're going to take this, you know, by the horns. We don't need all this extemporaneous stuff. We got this coach, this coach, that you know, we got enough here and we're going to go moving forward and these are my guys and this is the one message you want to have. Mark Mosier, every weekday afternoon, 1 to 3, only on Altitude 950. At KeyBank, we believe financial wellness is all about taking small steps. Financial wellness means spending your money wisely and being aware of your spending. KeyBank's financial wellness tool not only makes it so that I can track my spending, but I can see what I'm spending my money on. I feel more conscious of what I'm spending, and I feel like I have the reins more than I did before. If you want to take your first steps to financial wellness, use the red key. KeyBank. Member FDIC. Save hundreds on your next Yukon, Buick Encore, Sierra 1500, or Acadia at Sus Buick GMC. At Sus, there are no dealer fees, ever. The price you see is the price you pay, plus tax. Sus saves you hundreds on their vast selection of over 500 new and used cars and trucks. So when you're looking at the sleek and powerful new GMC terrain on Sus.net, you can focus on how you'll spend the hundreds you saved. Sus Buick GMC, where they treat you like family. Family owned for over 35 years at 1301 South Havana in Aurora. Do you have a hankering for some real, authentic, quality Colorado Mexican food? Make your way down to Rael de Minas. Experience the ambiance and taste of Mexico with their meals prepared from the freshest of ingredients. And when you're in the mood to unwind, the happy hours at Rael de Minas will help. Live music, karaoke, and delicious, authentic Mexican food, it's Rael de Minas with four convenient locations. Find the location closest to you and drool over their online menu at Rael de Minas Restaurant. Next time you want to drive up the hill to play at the casinos in Central City, don't crawl up that old twisty canyon stuck behind slow buses and gravel trucks. Do what I do. Take I-70 to the Central City Casino Parkway. It's a quick, easy, scenic drive. And best of all, it's a modern four-lane highway. Central City offers everything you need. Hotels, dining, bars open 24-7, and live casino action day or night. So remember, don't take old twisty. Cruise I-70 to the parkway and take the four lanes to fun. Over $135 million. That's how much money the C3 Group recovered for its clients just in 2017. The C3 Group is a group of licensed public insurance adjusters, engineers, appraisers, meteorologists, and other experts here to help you with your insurance claims. Consider them a go-between between you and your insurance. Let the C3 Group help you today. Visit the website at c3adjusters.com. c3adjusters.com. The Altitude 950 Traffic Update. 225 southbound is stop and go between Iliff and I-25 and a wreck on I-25. This report is brought to you by Meals on Wheels America in the Ad Council. Do expect delays from Ridgegate Parkway up to C-470 where there is an accident northbound I-25 off to the shoulder. Southbound running slow between I-70 and Colfax and Broadway to Hamden. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger and millions more live in isolation. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. I'm Chris McLaughlin with traffic on Altitude 950. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Now, back to Vic Lombardi. 
Uh, I put this loss on me. Obviously, I'm not doing my job to get this team ready to play. Uh, we come out thinking we can just show up. And in this league, when you think you can just show up and win a game, you get your ass kicked. Uh, and that's exactly what happened tonight. So we're going to stop using the word playoffs for a while. But we're not a playoff team. So Michael Malone keeps putting this loss on him. Uh, you know, he just spent 15 minutes with us talking about how he's going to take blame for this. I guess my question to you two before we get to our Power Five is, you're the coach. What do you do differently? I mean, rotation-wise, starting lineup-wise, is there any quick fix here? Because I don't see it. Uh, I, I would, don't see a quick fix out there. I would flip-flop Trey Lyles and Wilson Chandler's minutes. So, so changing the starting lineup and changing those minutes, do you think will revive the team? Bring it back to what it was against Golden State and Portland. Who's a better player right now, Trey Lyles or Wilson Chandler? Well, Trey Lyles has certainly performed better over the last 20 games. There's no denying that. Although last night he was two for eight. Had a rough night shooting. Yeah, Wilson Chandler's got the better resume. I'm not disputing that. But I think a uh, a change there may be one worth looking into. But I'm just I'm just tossing ideas out. No, I get it. But So going younger is what you're saying. So going younger. Now, now you're taking a team that's already young. I mean, think about this. If you make that move, and, and I don't disagree with you at all, HW. I don't. If you make that move, if you put Trey Lyles in the starting rotation, and I'm crossing Chandler out, putting Lyles in here, all right? So here's your starting lineup. You got Lyles, who is 20, 22 or 21. Nikola Jokic, who's 22. Gary Harris, who's 22. Jamal Murray, who's 20. Mason Plumley, who's 26. Yeah, and what? What's the problem? <laughs> Good because, luck. Well, I'm with you, Vic. But it, wouldn't you? Would you feel better today if your your lineup of young guys who are learning on the job stubbed their toe against a bad team? Not at all. I would. It's more acceptable to me. It's more acceptable to me when young guys who shouldn't, who don't know any better, yeah. fall fall into a trap. Okay, I can get that. And at least maybe they're learning that lesson. So just go full youth movement at this point. I don't just see go the full downside. Yeah. It's a it's a tricky blend right now of of vets, uh, a few vets who are left over from the George Carl era, and then a lot of young promising players who are, are kind of frankly the the Tim Connolly era. So you're trying to mesh two eras right now. Um, and I frankly would just rather who, commit to the Tim Connolly era. Who didn't play last night? Moutier didn't play. Anyone else that didn't get any minutes? I don't think D.A. played. He yeah, did not. Darrell Arthur didn't play, and, and Richard Jefferson just got in late. Malik, be- Malik Beasley only played two minutes. two minutes. I mean, that, but that's your that's your other option is to go the opposite direction, Vic. It's Richard Jefferson gets to play. D.A. gets to play. Start the vets on Friday night. Yeah. I mean, that's the other direction you can go. Like, it's a little bit of pick a lane, though, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, do you see my point about trying to blend two eras right now? Yeah. You yeah. know, we're still trying to hang on to the very end of the George Carl era. It's like, well, that era's over, you know? So that, that's, to me, where it's a little tricky right now, and it's tough. I, I think um, from a basketball standpoint as well, beyond rotations, I still think having another point guard is essential to the success of this team, whether it's Moutier getting more minutes again or finding another point guard. Because Will Barton is not a natural point guard. He just isn't. Just isn't a natural point guard, and it's, uh, I think it derails a lot of what they want to do at times out there. So that's on the front office. I mean, that's, that's not a coach's decision. Well, it's a coach's decision not to play Emmanuel Moutier. Sure. And he, I mean, he hasn't been off the bench in ages. I don't remember the last time I saw him play, and at least play significant minutes. Well, I guess the argument there is look at his numbers. 
Look at his stats. Look at his defensive numbers when he is in the game. They're not good. Okay, but are we applying that same test to everyone? Well, y- yes. Would you apply it to Wilson Chandler and then Emmanuel Moutier? Why does one get playing time and the other one does not? That's a mystery. I don't that's, know. That's my point. I have no problem with that test of like, hey, look at Emmanuel Moutier's numbers and he doesn't deserve to get off the bench. Fine. The last time Moutier played significant minutes was in Boston on December 13th. We're pushing a month come Saturday. Mm-hmm. Again, this is uh, anxiety time for a lot of these dudes, man. You know, this month before the trade deadline, you're wondering if you're even going to be here. It's tough to focus on a game when you're wondering if you're going to play for this team. Guarantee that's going through the minds of a lot of those guys sitting on the bench. It's hard to coach that way, too. Hard to rely on a guy when you don't know if that guy's going to rely on the team. So you, you, you just don't know what's happening. All yeah, right. but you know what? If they didn't lay the five eggs we could all name off the top of our head, nobody would have to worry about whether or not they're going to be here. If they were 25 and 15 or 26 and 15. Right? Well, sure. Winning. So uh, you're you're worried. Winning cures everything. You're worried if you're not going to be here, so you don't play well, and all that does is increase the chances you're not going to be here. Yeah. It's a little bit of a. uh, It's like this vicious cycle kind of thing going on. You know what? And I don't like doing this, comparing and contrasting. As bad as the Nuggets feel today, because they lost a bad game, Oklahoma City feels just as bad. They're only a half game better. Oklahoma City's 22-20. and 20. What do you think they're wondering in Oklahoma City right now? Well, okay, I see what you're saying. You know, I mean, but just, there's, there's always another example of he- a team that's in trouble. Yeah, but heading into Week 17, the Broncos were 5-10, and 10, the Niners were 5-10. and 10. Who yeah. felt better? The Niners, it's not even close. Right? They had Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. They were on a four-game winning streak. Turned out to be a five-game winning streak. They had Kyle Shanahan. Broncos had no idea who their quarterback was. Had blown a three and one start and were sitting at five and ten and have Vance Joseph as their head coach. So yeah, the the Oklahoma City has basically the same record, but they've played and I guess in the last ten they've played the same, but of late, probably in the last month, they've played better basketball. From the text line eight nine two eight. So Vic and James couldn't sleep last night, guessing you both slept like rocks, like rocks the night of the Avs lost Arizona, though, huh? I couldn't sleep for various reasons. Yeah, they I'm have on lost... multiple inhalers because of my cold is this hockey guy again? sinus is that, infection. Yeah. Is that who we got? Hockey yeah, guy again? It is. You, you want me to harp on the one loss in the six-game homestand when they went five and one? They won 83% of those games. You want me to go on and on and on about that? Because that's, I mean, I guess we can. I, I don't know that that's a, a, a logical way to a, approach it. Right, is he saying we gave we gave the abs a free pass? Uh, we got a guy monitoring our sleep patterns now. That's what we've come to. <laughs> Let's get to our Power 5 question of the day. What can we not get enough of today? So hot right now. Let's dive into the Power 5. What are we doing there? All right, Vic. Well, we want you to hear this news report from May of 2016 real quick. The clock has run out for Sports Authority. The sporting goods retailer plans to begin going out of business sales as soon as this Friday and will close all 463 stores by the end of August. Sporting goods retailers are being hurt by online competition. Woo, May of 2016, and the signs are just coming down this week over at that field at Mile High. Vic, you were there yesterday, and you had a fun little idea. So 30933, why don't you tell the folks what we're looking for for a pair of Mammoth and Saskatchewan tickets? First of all, pronounce it correctly, or we're not going to go on with this game. (laughs) Mammoth and Rush tickets, Saturday night at the Pepsi Center. Going to be lit. Manchester, help me out with that pronunciation. I will not do this unless we get it properly pronounced. Saskatchewan. Thank you. You're welcome. It's not that hard. Saskatchewan Rush (laughs) coming to town.
Do you want to tell people how they can win these, Vic? Okay, I was out there yesterday because I wanted to buy the sign, the Sports Authority Field sign. And um, it's not for sale, by the way. It's a serious venture to pull this sign down. It's a lot harder than I thought. Okay, so I'm up there and I'm watching him pull these letters down, and they're not down yet. But I figured, why would you even take it down? Why not rearrange the letters to make it serve whatever name you want? There's enough letters in Sports Authority. So our Power Five question of the day: This is the old anagram game, right? You don't have to utilize all the letters, but the letters that are on the sign right now, Sports Authority. What would you change the name to, utilizing those letters? Hmm. Three zero nine three three on the altitude nine fifty text line. Our favorite one is going to the mammoth. Vic, you got a ton of suggestions oh my, on Twitter. Yeah. Now, are people allowed to use the word field and mile high and all yeah, that? Yeah. Well, field field and mile high doesn't change. Remember, the only letters that change sports authority. For example, there's stuff like sorority field. Hmm. There's hot stirrups field. Hmm. Which is an interesting take. There's uh this is a good one. Tour Hats History at Mile High, which uses all the letters. Pot Authority Field. That's pretty easy. Simple fix there. Yeah. You actually can pull a couple letters down. How about so feel free. Stop authority. Ooh. Port authority. Port Authority. Yeah, some guy just uh, some guy recommended selling it to the East Coast where they have the actual Port Authority. Just give it up over there. So whatever name you can come up with utilizing the letters that are on the stadium right now. Letters now, are coming down this week. You're not telling us the one that you tweeted at uh, 356 yesterday. It, you know, it didn't work. I, I had one too many P's in there. Hot Strippers Field. It didn't work. <laughs> some guy called me on it and said, dude, you have one too many P's. I was like, damn it. Can't you just go buy an extra P? I think for Hot Strippers Field, you could probably find an extra Hot P Strippers in the budget. Field would be worth it, man. <laughs> Think about that. And welcome to Hot Strippers Field here at Mile High. <laughs> you got the Vic Lombardi Show right here on Altitude 950. It could be the most unbelievably ridiculous, awesome piece of awesomeness that ever happened in your life. Altitude 950 is putting you on the Zamboni at Pepsi Center. It's another ultimate abs experience. A ride on the Zamboni at Pepsi Center. We're qualifying riders all week. Keep your radio frozen on Altitude 950. Open Thursday through Sunday, the International Sportsman's Expo at the Colorado Convention Center. Everyone's welcome at Colorado's largest outdoor show. The ISE has it all. Fishing, hunting, and all the gear you need to get outdoors in Colorado and around the world. Show opens at noon on weekdays, 10 o'clock on the weekend. Your life outdoors starts at the ISE. The Sportsman's Expo, open Thursday through Sunday at the Colorado Convention Center in Denver. Guys, listen up. We all love those hearty home-style meals. You know, the chicken fried steak with a huge side of mashed potatoes covered in gravy. But let's be real. We aren't going to cook that up. That's why I get my home-style meal fix from the Black Eyed Pea. This is Vic for the Black Eyed Pea. When I have a craving for those home-style meals, the Black Eyed Pea is my go-to. Half-pound burgers, ribeye steak, and don't forget about their made-from-scratch desserts. Locally owned and operated with nine front-range locations throughout Denver and Castle Rock. Hi, this is Jack Farland, owner of Farland Classic Restoration. 
Since 1991, we've been Denver's premier classic car restoration and sales shop. From rebuilding a rare 12-cylinder Ferrari engine to performing world-class metalwork on a Jaguar XKE, you'll find we're always up to something interesting. What can we do for you? Learn more at FarlandCars.com or on Facebook at Farland Classic Restoration. It's your favorite time of year at Pepsi Center. Don't miss the chance to cheer on your Colorado Avalanche. Tickets for all games are on sale right now. Reserve your seats today at ColoradoAvalanche.com. Go Avs Go! Safeway is currently hiring drivers to work in our transportation department located off I-70 in Colorado. You will ensure that deliveries are made on time with precision routes and timely scheduling. You will be able to go home at the end of every shift. And the starting rate for the driver's position is $22.49 an hour with a potential bonus of up to $5,000. You must have documented work experience in the transportation trucking industry to be considered for this position. You must have a Class A CDL, at least three years or equivalent to 300,000 miles of all-season or mountain driving experience with tractor-trailer equipment. Refrigeration experience preferred. Must be 21 years old to apply. This is a great opportunity to work with a stable company you can retire with. Safeway treats their employees outstanding, offering an excellent compensation and benefit package, starting out at $22.49 per hour with a potential bonus of up to $5,000. To apply for the driver's position, log on to SafewayDenverDC.com. That's SafewayDenverDC.com. Safeway is a drug-free workplace. At KeyBank, we believe financial wellness is all about taking small steps. Financial wellness means spending your money wisely and being aware of your spending. KeyBank's financial wellness tool not only makes it so that I can track my spending, but I can see what I'm spending my money on. I feel more conscious of what I'm spending, and I feel like I have the reins more than I did before. If you want to take your first steps to financial wellness, use the red key. KeyBank. Member FDIC. Open Thursday through Sunday, the International Sportsman's Expo at the Colorado Convention Center. Get $3 off coupons at O'Reilly Auto Parts and wherever fishing and hunting licenses are sold. Go to sportsexpos.com for store locations and show information. Easy parking and shuttles from Park Avenue at Wazi near Coors Field. The Sportsman's Expo, open Thursday through Sunday at the Colorado Convention Center in Denver. Your life outdoors starts at the ISC. The Altitude 950 traffic update. Pretty slow still on southbound 225 between Iliff and I-25. Traffic is brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I-25 slowing northbound Ridgegate Parkway to C-470. Southbound is stop and go between I-70 and Colfax and between Broadway and Hamden. Pretty typical there. When it comes to speeding past financial challenges, you're an ace. Now you can get your retirement plan on track. Get tips and strategies at aceyourretirement.org. I'm Chris McLaughlin with Traffic on Altitude 950. The Altitude 950 hotline is now open. Call 303-753-0950 to join the show. Oh, wow. Are you going Duran Duran on me? Are you going full 80s on me? In honor of 80s night tomorrow night at Pepsi Center? Is that what this is? Manchester by request. The most successful pop band of the 1980s, Duran Duran. Take it easy, all right? 
Take it easy. I wouldn't go that far. They sold over 110 million records. All right, so you got a little taste of what's to come in this segment. This is Manchester's The More You Know. Last week it was the moon. Today it's what? The 1980s. Manchester knows how to use Wikipedia and beyond. It's time for The More You Know. Hey, dude, I don't need to know about the 80s. I live the 80s. Yeah, what but... What are you going to tell me that I don't know about the 80s? Well, I, I guarantee you, the first thing I tell you about the 1980s, you're gonna, you're not going to know, because it, right. it blew my mind. But I could have gone down this rabbit hole for, like, six days. I mean, it's just layer upon layer upon layer. There is never... Does this mean guys like H.W. and Marty can take the segment off? They can fall asleep here? No, they're going to they're gonna learn a lot. Oh, okay. I'm excited to hear about a decade I never even lived in. There has never been a more influential decade. <laughs> There has not. There has not. The way you consume sports, <laughs> movies, TV, music, all of that mm-hmm. stems from the 1980s. Okay. It does. It, 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 the guys in this room, people listening, it all ties back to the 1980s. But let me start with just some re- weird random thing that I came across. Because I guarantee you, you don't, you didn't know this, Vic. Did you know in the 1980s, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand all officially gained their independence from the United Kingdom. Really? In the 1980s. Canada wait, 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 was wait. Canada was 82, and Australia and New Zealand were 1986. You mean to tell me that, that, that Great Britain had that kind of stranglehold on the world until the 80s? Yes. I, that blew my mind. I didn't I didn't realize that. That's me neither. So much the world changed in the 80s, right? So uh, it, it, it's just one of many things. Now, a couple other random ones, just to see if you remember them. Do you remember Mount St. Helens eruption? Yes. Oh, yeah. May 18th, 1980, I actually had a jar of ash from Mount St. Helens because I had relatives that lived in, Port- lived in Portland, mm-hmm. and their yard was covered with ash like we have on a snowy day. That's crazy, crazy, dude. Mm. See, of all the natural disasters, that one would scare the hell out of me. I mean, oh, all of a sudden totally. you got hot lava coming your way. Totally. That There's one nowhere would be, to run. would be freaky. All right, so here's the first way in which your life has been impacted. I think everybody here, now Vic, it drives you crazy. But video games, they came into the mainstream in the 80s. First, it started with the arcade, right? Pac-Man comes out in 1980, Donkey Kong in 1981. Everybody's going to the mall, going to the Malibu Funplex on 58th and I-25 to play, you know, put quarters in these games. And then the arcades or the the home systems come into existence. They had it actually had a little bit of a down period, but the Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES, 1986. <laughs> Dude, oh. see. I don't want to make it sound like I'm all anti-video games. On the way home from school, we used to stop by and play Space Invaders and Asteroids and there all those go. games. I played them. I yeah. just didn't. I just wasn't blind to it. I didn't sit there and play all day and but avoid everything else in life. It went from something that was like in the corner of a bar that nobody went and touched or played or anything to now it's like everybody's got one. Xbox and all that stuff. It started back then. Your computer that you're on right now that you're looking up stuff. Yeah. That all started in the 1980s when IBM introduced its first personal computer in 1981. Are you going to bring this back to the moon? The Macintosh was introduced in 1984. That big, that little square Macintosh? Yeah. With the floppy disk? I remember that. So like all the graphics and the mouse and all the things that we use today all came from the 1980s. Back at the uh, computer lab at uh, Notre Dame, you know, you sat there. Nobody had their own computers back then. They were too expensive. So you went to the computer lab and you wrote your papers. And that was back in the day where the computer would just zap out and you'd lose your paper. And if you didn't save it, you're done. I remember writing a, like, 25-page thing. 
and I, it didn't save. And you talk about pulling your hair out. Or you would hit the wrong button, and it, it, you know, instead of printing it, it would delete it. And oh, just my like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, the absolute worst. All right, so what do you think was the number one selling album, single individual album of the 1980s? Foreigner 4. What? Foreigner 4. <laughs> no. My first album. No, and it is still the best-selling album of all time. Hall & Oates. It would be Michael Jackson. Let's hear a little bit of it. Yeah, that's obvious. Okay. Yeah, we know this. That's no doubt about it. I mean, how great is this? All right. So, who do you think were the? Uh, let's let's see if you guys can name the top five selling artists of the decade. You already got two. I told you the the group, and I told you number one. New kids so, on the block. No. No, no. That's later. So, so Duran Duran was number two. Did you say? Uh, they were the number. They were number three. They were the okay. best selling group. Okay. So we're looking for the top. Artists? Top five, top five selling artists. Yeah. Prince. Michael Jackson's one. Prince is number four. Good job, Jesse. Missing well two. They're both female. Lady Gaga wasn't around then, was no, she? No. no. Is it no. Uh, Tina Michael, Turner's? Michael's sister? Nope. Britney Spears? Nope. No. Shut up, dude. Britney Spears Madonna. was not even a gleam in her parents' eye. Madonna, Jesse, is number five. So you guys don't have number two. Oh, Cheryl. Cindy Lauper? No. Cindy Lauper did have some great albums, some great songs. It was Whitney Houston. Ah, yeah. She's mm. known that. So music and it was also changed forever with the Walkman, which came out in the 1980s, <laughs> and Dude. MTV, which went on the air in 1981. Dude, next time you see Rod Mackey, ask about his Walkman. He shows up at Broncos games and he does it just to bother people with his old style Walkman. That's how he listens to the game. It's the old CD player Walkman. Those are that great. Also tunes into AM radio. Man, I used to listen to Bob Martin and Larry Zimmer do the games on my Walkman at, well, I sat in section 326 at Old Mile High. It was great. Mm -hmm. All right, movies. The summer blockbuster. It was invented in the 1980s. The franchise, movies turning into franchises, mm -hmm. started in the 80s with like Beverly Hills Cop, Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, Rambo. Uh, the top five highest grossing movies of the decade, E.T., Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, and top Batman. Gun. All blockbusters. Top Gun? top Gun was in the top ten, okay. as was Back to the Future, but Eddie Murphy's Beverly Hills Cop. I'm going to read back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back years here of what came out, but it started with Eddie Murphy's Beverly Hills Cop in 1984. We're not going to fall for a banana in the tailpipe. You're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe? <laughs> it should be more natural, brother. It should flow out like this. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tail type. <laughs> that was 1984. So followed the next summer in 1985 by Back to the Future. Marty! You've got to come back with me! Where? Back to the Future! Which turned into a franchise. There were three of those. And then the next summer, it's Top Gun. I mean, if there, have we had a back-to-back-to-back summer with those kind of movies? Thought Back to the Future was vastly overrated. Did not like that movie what? at all. Thought it was too weird. All right. Cable TV. By 1985, 70% of the homes in America had cable TV. Yeah. At the start of the decade, very few had them. Anybody who lived in North Denver understands the pain that I went through in the 80s. We were the last, I believe, the last area in the Denver, Metro Denver area to have cable TV. I don't know why they denied us. But if you drove like six blocks south, north, east, they had cable. We didn't have it in our neighborhood. They wouldn't bring it to us. They denied us. A lot of influential TV shows came out in the 80s, shows that led to some of the things we all enjoy now on Netflix, like, you know, Dallas and Dynasty and some of these dramas and uh, Hill Street Blues. But a couple of big names and big stars as well. Oprah Winfrey's show debuted mm -hmm. in 1986. 
Seinfeld debuted in 1989. Vic, I know you're not a Seinfeld guy, but that debuted in 1989, and that is still culturally relevant. That's pretty impressive, pretty amazing. Sports-wise, I would contend the greatest player in three sports, in three different sports, played in the 1980s. See if you guys can guess who I'm talking about. What are the sports? Hockey. So NHL. Gretzky. Yep. Won four titles with the Oilers in the 80s. Okay. Basketball. What, Bird or Magic? Nope. Greatest player of all time. Michael Jordan? Correct. Came into the league in 1984. Okay. Football. Now, what is the question? Who's the greatest player of all time? Okay, it's not Joe Montana. Yes, it's Joe Montana, and he won four Super Bowls in the 1980s. Okay. I mean, think about that. That's some utter dominance to have that happen in the 80s. You also had the Lakers-Celtics, and you had Iron Mike Tyson become the youngest heavyweight champ of all time in 1986. Those are some mega stars in sports that are still stars today. 30 years later, they're still stars. Mike, Mike Tyson's still appearing in movies. All right, real quickly, a couple of things that uh, happened locally, Vic. We'll see if you remember these. Uh, the blizzard of 82. Greatest blizzard of all time. You know, the, the unfortunate thing is it happened during Christmas break. Was, so we were denied the opportunity of uh, skipping school. It was Christmas Eve, 1982. Well, that's Dude, why the blizzard a... of 03 was better, because I got two weeks of spring break for that thing. Oh, that would have been nice. Yeah. Remember the blizzard of 03? Uh, 82 made it look like nothing. John Elway is acquired sure, by the Broncos on May 2nd, 1983. Has there been a bigger day in Denver sports history? That was uh, that took place during a Nuggets game. It did. It was a playoff game against the Spurs. In fact, Mike Evans was at the free throw yep. line when they broke into programming. I'm supposed to interview Mike Evans tomorrow. I'm going to ask him about it. Right in the middle of a game, they go to Mike Evans at the free throw line, and I believe it was Irv on the broadcast, and uh, they, they had to say, hey, big news, Broncos sign John Elway. That le- I mean, think of all the things that led to. Just in that decade, the Broncos went to three Super Bowls, 21, 22, 24. They lost them to the Giants, the Redskins, and the 49ers, respectively. But, I mean, that that move is still having a major impact on the Denver sports community to this day. And then, of course, the decade ended with the finest season in CU history, the undefeated campaign in 1989. The most disappointing loss I've ever endured as a sports fan. Didn't happen in the 80s. It happened January 1st, 1990. But it was the loss to the Orange Bowl that ruined CU's perfect season. Oh, that was glorious. That was such a magical storybook year. And mm-hmm. I know they went back the next year and they won it, but then it was the, well, they were 10-1-1. One, one. It wasn't the same. But the, the Salon SE season, had they capped that with a yeah, win in the Orange Bowl. That would have been Cinderella. That would have been that, great. Yeah, that's a Disney movie. All right, and then real quick, see if you remember uh, any of these uh, fads. The Rubik's Cube, did you have a Rubik's Cube? Yeah, I still can't solve one. I can do one side, and that's about it. Did you wear the Top Gun Ray-Ban sunglasses? Uh, my my buddy did. My buddy Sean looked exactly like Tom Cruise. We'd go out, he'd wear his leather jacket and his shades just to pick up chicks. Did you have big hair where you had to use hairspray to get it to go that direction? Big hair. Hell yeah, we had I big hair. Kind of figured. And how about uh, pleated acid wash jeans? Cavaricis. Z Cavaricis. <laughs> Westminster Mall. I'm telling you, man, we could go on and on and on with the 80s. That's just that's just the rock skipping across the Are top of the Are you calling it the greatest decade ever? It, it sounds the, that way. It is the greatest decade ever. It is the most influential decade of all time. You all forget about the Berlin Wall coming down, too. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then it ended with that. The world changed. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Led to the end of the Cold War, Ronald Reagan making that statement in Berlin, 
the 1980s, the greatest decade of all time. I'm a big 2000s Certainly, uh, guy. <laughs> I know you are. You could argue that it was the greatest decade for the Nuggets, too, under Doug Moe. I mean, they won. They were in the playoffs every year in the 80s. The NBA's leading scorer in the decade? Alex English. Alex English. Yep. Very good. Very nice. I feel a little more comfortable now. At least two of us in this room feel comfortable. The other guys are going, like, what the hell are they talking about? Jesse did pretty well. Eh, Jesse's too young. How old are you, Jesse? 36. I was born in 81. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you don't really know the 80s. Just because you lived in the 80s. It's like me knowing the 70s. I was born in 69, but the 70s are sort of like a rumor. I don't really know the 70s. When we come back, Marty O and his morning sugar fix on the Vic Lombardi Show. There's big news in the new year as mortgage loan limits are increasing, meaning you may be able to borrow more money when purchasing a new home. It's an increase that will give buyers more choices in homes so you can plan your new year and the things you want to accomplish. Make sure home ownership is near the top of the list. With just a 10-minute call to the salary-based mortgage consultants at American Financing, you can start the process of getting mortgage approval, an even better way to find out exactly what loan amount you can be approved for. It will make your home search more enjoyable. So give my friends at American Financing a call, 303-695-7000. Check them out online at AmericanFinancing.net. They're the official mortgage company of Altitude 950. NMLS 182334, regulated by the Division of Real Estate. Look who's catching fire in the dead of winter. The app's buzzing right now. The catcher with a reach up. He scores! Five in a row. Here they come. Eric Johnson down the slide, shoots, and he scores! And the Condor soars again! The Avs are back in action Saturday when they visit the Dallas Stars. Oh, man, oh, man. Pre-game starts at 6.30. Moj has to face off at 7. Home of the Avalanche. Altitude 950. Here's your National Western Stock Show update. Brought to you by Lifetime Windows and Siding. Tickets are on sale for tonight's Pro Rodeo performance in the Coliseum. Free with your grounds admission today is Cinch Equicross in the Coliseum. Teenage contestants competing for scholarship money. Fast-paced and packed with entertainment. Tickets and info at nationalwestern.com. This National Western Stock Show update is brought to you by Lifetime Windows and Siding. Great windows at a fair price. Call 1-800-GET-WINDOWS or go online to LifetimeWindowsColorado.com today. What's at Lamar's Donuts that you won't find at any ordinary donut shop? How about gourmet indulgences of the highest quality? Lamar's Donuts are always made by hand daily and with only the best ingredients. That was Ray's way. Come enjoy our delicious donuts at one of our nine conveniently located Colorado Lamar's. And also visit us online at lamars.com. That's lamars.com, where we have simply a better donut. This may not be easy for you to hear, but you might need a hearing device. Do you have trouble hearing in crowds? Has someone told you you have the game on too loud? It could be you're having some hearing loss, and a modern, barely visible hearing device might be the solution. We're not talking a clunky old thing like grandpa's. Visit echohearingcenter.com. Schedule a free hearing test. Then Echo Hearing Center can help you determine if a hearing device is right for you. Listen, if you think you might be having a hearing problem, why not check it out? Visit echohearingcenter.com. Friday, January 12th is 1980s night when your Denver Nuggets host the Memphis Grizzlies at 7 p.m. Be a part of Nuggets history as we celebrate the 1980s era as part of our 50th anniversary season. It's my 
Michael Adams, Mike Evans, Calvin Nat, Danny Shades, Wayne Cooper, and Bill Hanslick will be on hand for a pregame autograph session and a special halftime ceremony. All fans in attendance will receive a special 1980s night poster. Get your tickets today at Nuggets.com. Selfless service is the guiding principle that drives Army National Guard soldiers to be always ready whenever disaster strikes. They are your next-door neighbors and your colleagues in schools, offices, and factories. To be a Guard soldier is to stand ready to serve at all times for family, for community, and for country. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com or contact an Army National Guard recruiter in your area. Sponsored by the Colorado Army National Guard. Aired by the Colorado Broadcasters Association at this station. The Altitude 950 traffic update. An accident coming in here in the last few minutes. What's reported is a rollover accident blocking the right and center lanes of westbound I-70 after Wadsworth. Do expect a delay. Traffic is brought to you by Compassion International. Still slowing with heavy traffic southbound 225, Parker to I-25, northbound I-25, between Ridgegate Parkway and C-470, and southbound I-25 through downtown and between Broadway and Hamden. Becoming a child sponsor with Compassion International will bring hope to a child in poverty. Find out how at Compassion dot com forward slash radio. I'm Chris McLaughlin with traffic on altitude nine fifty. Altitude nine fifty, Denver's all sports station. Now back to Vic Lombardi. Tough, tough loss. Obviously, we have to bounce back, uh, and we're going to stop using the word playoffs for a while. Uh, we're not a playoffs team. Uh, the team that you've seen as of late, uh, playoffs should not be in our vocabulary. You kidding me? That was Michael Malone about half an hour ago here on the uh, Vic Lombardi Show. If you missed that interview, I, I, I thought it was highly engaging, put it that way. A lot of information that the coach uh, spewed on these airwaves. Uh, one item of note, when I asked about Paul Millsap and how you don't want to push his rehab uh, by any means, he, he did say, we're looking at two months. Now, I, I hope he's sort of building in some cushion there, right? I hope it's not actually two months. Because if that's the case, we're looking at March. I hope it's around two months that Paul Millsap returns. But that's what he said. He said he expects at least two more months for him to be ready to go again. Yeah, and that's an interesting nugget from the coach, too, no pun intended, of could that be a wake-up call to these guys of, hey, don't think Paul's walking through that door tomorrow. We still got a lot of time here where we got to string some wins together without him. Um, I, do, I don't know exactly what coaches. Uh, message was there, but it, it may be a wake-up call to the guys of, hey, the All-Star break may be a little optimistic. Uh, I want to read a couple of the texts after Manchester's wonderful um, 80s monologue there. Uh, DR you, says, Vic. everything was great in the 80s, Manchester, except that whole crack epidemic. <laughs> uh, there was the war on drugs. Do you remember what Nancy Reagan's slogan for that was? Oh, God, what was it? Don't do drugs? Just say no. Just say no? Okay. Was that when, <laughs> you know, because now we watch these shows on Netflix, and that's when it really happened, right? It was happening in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was the whole, you know, cocaine explosion. Yeah, that, that's when it actually took place. Miami uh, Vice, all that kind of stuff. 6608, I worked at the Westminster Mall at Merry-Go-Round and wore Z Cavaricci every day, the ones with the flaps and the... Belt loops that you would weave your belt in and out of. Oh, I do remember those, dude. Oh, man. The Westminster Mall and the, the one end there where you had the, the inside theater, the Westminster Six. Dude, that was a great mall back in the day. Oh, man. And right across right across the hall or whatever there was the, the pizza by the slice pl- place yes. and the arcade. 
man, you could spend you could spend an entire weekend just in in that area right there and be Dude, my aunt used to, my aunt used to cut hair at Joslin's. I used to walk into the <laughs> Joslin's. Joslin's. There's a blast from the past. By the way, H-W, have you ever heard of the store named Joslin's? Yeah, it was chance. in the mall next to like Sears and Nordstrom's and stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, this, this one I read to Manchester during the break. He didn't like it. Okay. Uh, 9916 says, guys, please don't get political with that Berlin Wall crap. It's a sports show. Uh, is that really getting political? I don't think this guy's serious. Come I mean, that's history. Serious. I mean, right? how is that negative, right? The Berlin Wall coming down. How is that? Come on. Yeah, can you Let's take the stupid. other argument of like, oh, I wish it was still there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wish more people were caged in, damn it. <laughs> I'm hoping he's kidding because, come uh, on. The Browns were actually good in the 80s. He's exactly right. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Lost to the Broncos three times in the AFC title game. Uh, Do you know okay, who their two uh, coaches were in those three AFC title games? They had two different head coaches. Well, uh, let's go back here. Hold on a second because I, I should know this. Marty Schottenheimer. Which Ma- that Marty, game, by I'm the way. I'm trying to think of the old coach, Coach Brian Sipe and company. God, that was Sam was Ritigliano. Yeah. He, oh, was, yeah. he was yeah. not a head coach yeah. for any of the uh, losses in the AFC title game. Marty was the first two. Which, Speaking of which, Marty, uh, if you miss something today in the sugar fix, you're out. Ties into what we're talking about. And then it was Bud Carson in the third one. Bud Carson. Mm, yeah, that's right. Bud Carson. Former defensive coordinator. Uh, last one on the text line. Did Chester write an article in July in the 80s as well? That's from Brandon. Uh, probably. I probably yeah. did. All right, let's bring in Marty O. Time for that sugar fix, please. It's time for your morning sugar fix. Instant sugar high. Sugar high. Sugar high. Brought to you by Lamar's Donuts. Going beyond the news to bring you the sweet stories. Sugar slam! By the way, um, hockey guy, quick to remind you, Manchester, you forgot the miracle on ice in 1980. You know, and I have it here. I had a whole bunch of Olympic stuff that I didn't get to. Uh, we, boy- we boycotted the Summer Olympics in 1980 in Moscow. The Russians boycotted the... Summer Games 1984 in L.A., and then, yes, February 22nd, 1980, the Miracle on Ice. I had it. We even had sound for it, so that's my fault. Marty O, what do you got, buddy? Well, I was born in 89, so I uh, consider myself somewhat of an 80s expert. So, yeah, you should uh, All that stuff hit home for me, so thanks, Manchester. No problem. All right, uh, Alexander Hamilton was born this day in 1775. You guys see Hamilton is coming to Denver. Any interest in going to that? I would love to go if you can get tickets. Did, yeah. you, did you see this thing going on right now where these um, <clears throat> ticket scalper dudes are selling tickets that they don't even have? It's the speculation market, so they're putting tickets online that they hope to get and charging you like hundreds and even thousands for these tickets. It's a big scam. Wow. I would love to go. That would be that'd be fantastic. That'd be a great night out. Uh, it's only here for a month, so uh, get your tickets. When is it, when is it here? Do you know the dates? February twenty seventh through April first. Okay, all right. Wow. I'm gonna work In fact, on it. If anybody wants to invite me to uh, Hamilton, I will go with you. I will buy dinner. Right. I'll buy Coke. <laughs> Super Bowl champ and former <laughs> Bronco Malik Jackson turns twenty eight today. Hey, Malik's still playing. Yeah, he was. He had a big sack against the Bills. His early. season isn't over. He's got a big game this weekend. He does. They have no shot, but he does have a big game this weekend. All right, Vic, you always talk about uh, guys bringing the nasty on the basketball court. Tony Allen turns 36. He brings the nasty. Kobe Bryant called him the best defender he's ever faced. Tony Allen was a hell of a player. He's not what he once was, but my God, he was. You're exactly right. And there's a big difference between bringing the nasty and doing the nasty, so be careful. 
1964, the first government report that smoking may be hazardous to your health. So uh, watch yourself. It's funny to me that they had to like look into this. Like, and you know, it, and it may be hazardous. Do you not. think inhaling all of this smoke is bad for your body? You, you know what's crazy? Make a trip to like Detroit, Cincinnati, Indianapolis. Go to a Midwestern city this time of year and walk outside on a business day, like around noon, and watch and see how many smokers are outside the skyscrapers smoking. You just don't see that in Denver like you do in the Midwest, right? No, you it's don't. It's crazy. It, it is, and it's also like when you look at pictures of people that were like 50 years old in the 1950s, they look ancient. It's because they were all inhaling smoke. Remember when you were allowed to smoke in a plane? There it's, was a smoking section in a tube. Yeah, can you imagine getting on a flight and half the plane is just lighting up heaters? And that's kind of bizarre. That's the dedication to smoke outside right now. In, the, in this cold, you really got to love it. That is a huge change, though, that's happened really like in your lifetime, HW. Like, there, there's no more smoking sections at games or at uh, restaurants. You can't smoke at a game. You can't smoke at a, uh, on a plane. Let's, let's not get crazy. It's been replaced by pot here. But okay. it's gone from one extreme to the other. Yeah. Like, you, almost everybody smoked, and you could smoke anywhere, to very few people smoke, and you can't smoke anywhere. You know, I, I walked out of the Trader Joe on Colorado Boulevard. I went there with my uh, my wife and my kid. We went and bought some stuff the other day. We walk out, and it is in our faces. Everyone smoking pot. Everyone outside the parking lot. I mean, they're bringing it in the store because you could. It's such a distinct smell. You cannot escape the smell. Sorry. All right, got a couple 80s hits here. 1984, the highest scoring regulation game in NBA history. Nuggets beat the Spurs 160. Three to one fifty-five. Is that the highest, highest regulation? Is that highest regulation. Yeah, the other okay. game went into triple overtime. Yeah, the one eighty-six, one eighty-four game. Yeah, this was one sixty-three, one fifty-five in regulation. In nineteen eighty-four. Nineteen eighty-four. Wow. Do you have That's the box score it. by chance? I do. So the leading score was for the Nuggets. Probably. Was it Alex? Probably Alex. It was not. Really? Okay. It was it. Uh, Kiki? Was that was that was, before the Kiki trade? It was Kiki. Okay. Yeah. What do you have? Fifty-seven. He had fifty, and Alex English had twenty-five. Come on, Alex. Hanslick have two. Hanslick had eleven. Oh wow! Wow, who else? Who else uh, got in double digits that night? Uh, Dan Issel is seventeen. Nice. Uh, Billy with eleven. Mike what, Evans. Wait, wait, wait. wait. What, was, what was that one? Billy Hanslick. Oh, Bill. Okay, I thought you just didn't know the guy's name. <laughs> no. What did Gervin have? Uh, what'd you say? Gervin for the Spurs. Gervin had thirty-eight. Yeah, pretty not, nice. Not fifty, but uh, not bad. Nice night for the Ice Man. I think this is the one you were talking about, Manchester. 1987, last month we played this when the great Dick Enberg passed away, but 31 years ago today, the drive took place. Let's hear Dick Enberg again. And now it'll be up to John Elway with 5.43 left. Elway is able to drill a 25-yard pass to rookie Mark Jackson, and the drive and the hopes of Denver still alive. Going deep. Touchdown, Mark Jackson. The Broncos 98 yards to bring them within one point of tying this game. I will forever remember that day. Do you remember where you were, Vic? I was at my friend Todd Miller's house in his living room doing donkey kicks every time Elway and the Broncos got a first down on that final drive. I was in that superstition mode where I had to do the same thing for every first down. Never forget it for the rest of my life. It was the greatest sports day in my life, and there's no, I can't. There's nothing else that exceeded that day. Oh, uh, it was, it was just, it was unbelievable. I was at my grandma and grandpa's house over in Commerce City, 
And I remember when they scored, when he threw that touchdown to Mark Jackson, my brother picked me up, and it was, you know, an older house, so it had low ceilings, and it had that, like, popcorn-y texture. Oh, yeah. oh, and yeah. he hit my head against it, and all that popcorn-y stuff was falling all over, and I probably had a cut because that stuff was sharp, but nobody cared. All right, 1998, big uh, day for the Broncos. AFC Championship game. Broncos beat Steelers in Pittsburgh 24-21. to You know who called that game? Dick Enberg. Dick Enberg. Wow. He called all the big Bronco called games in the 80s. Yeah. He was like a surrogate father of mine. So I vaguely remember that game, but going on the road to Pittsburgh to win an AFC title game, I mean, the significance of that, it's got to be one of the best wins in Broncos history. Yeah, oh. definitely. And they had lost to Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh earlier in the year, like a month before, um, which, you know, cost them the – started this – they had this, like, slump where they lost the division to Kansas City, and that was one of the losses that they caused that. So, yeah, it was an upset when they went in there and, and won that game. Pretty sure. damn rare, too. How many AFC title games have the Broncos won on the road? Uh, well, two, right? Cleveland yeah. and Pittsburgh? That's it. No, the other ones have all been at home, uh, the other six, because they beat Oakland, Cleveland, Cleveland – the Jets, Patriots, Patriots. All right, last one here, 2004. Do you guys remember the 4th and 26 play, Eagles against yep. the Packers? Let's hear Joe Buck call that one. Trying to stop the 4th and 26, and in essence, take over. Plenty of time. Down the middle, it's Mitchell. Where will they spot him? They're going to get forward progress and a first down. That wasn't reviewed, and they got to the line real quick and uh, got the Packers on an offside the very next play. Fourth and 26. For the season. And he was wide open, too. And was that Freddie Mitchell? Yeah. Because he was Fred X after that, right? Yeah. With his hands? Yeah. So the year the Broncos won their first Super Bowl against the Packers, who'd they beat? They, they beat the, the Steelers in the AFC title game, correct? Correct, yeah. On this day. In that was in Pittsburgh. 19, yes, correct. That's the game we just talked about. Correct. correct. <laughs> Do you know who Green Bay beat that day to advance to the Super Bowl? Let me think about this for a second. I, I can't guess. remember. The, go ahead and guess. The Cowboys? Carolina Panthers. Mm. In Lambeau. That's right. They were like uh, Fresh Shop Expansionville, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right, that's it, boys. Marty, you got it. Had you not had the drive, it was going to be the end of the Sugar Fix. Yes, so I was going to say, you said it would be the end, and then you just kind of left it at that. I wasn't sure what that meant. I was going to bring it back up. Job okay. well done. I mean, come on, it works both ways. Had he forgotten the drive in today's Sugar Fix, you forgot the miracle on ice. I forgot look back to at the read it. I had it written down. I'd love to hear all the other stuff I forgot. I can vouch for him. Texting? He did say, let's pull the miracle on ice during a yeah, break. Yeah, Jesse, do you have the sound? He's got it. I mean, we had this all planned out. I just executed poorly. Uh, practice. From Cooper, hey, Vic, <laughs> the old Mile High Cable Company just didn't like you. You're exactly right. I think that was the first cable company to come oh. through town, and we didn't have cable until last. We were like the last to get it. Marty O with the line of the week. There. Back after good. this timeout. Uh, last one on the text line. Did Chester write an article in July in the 80s as well? That's from Brandon. <laughs> Uh, probably. I probably did. Piping Hot Takes has been brought to you by Porter at Venice Hospital. Top 5% in the nation for robotic prostate surgery. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Coming up tomorrow night, the Nuggets host the Grizzlies at Pepsi Center. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock with the pregame show giving away at 635. Jason Kosminski, the radio voice of the Nuggets, will be on the call. KKSE, Parker, Denver, home of the most. Blue Arrow rocketed at the Baptist Center tonight. The Avs and Nuggets in Denver.
Steelers All Sports Station, Altitude 950. And this thing is. Wait for it. Now, back to Vic Lombardi. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, you know, overly concerned. You know, I want to be here, you know, so, you know, that was, that was my first uh, thought, you know, and as, as far as the business part of, you know, of this job, you know, my concern was for my coaches, you know, more than me. Um, again, you know, 5 and 11 is not good enough, you know, so I, I got the rumors and I got the, uh, the uh, indecision of bringing me back because it wasn't, it wasn't good enough. That is uh, Vance Joseph. Uh, by the way, just came down, guys. There was some uh, thoughts and uh, talk of the Broncos playing in London next year. Yeah. We mentioned it on the show. Uh, that is not happening. The three London games have been announced. They are the Seahawks Raiders, Eagles Jags, Jags always play in London, and Titans Chargers. The Broncos will not make the trip across the pond. Well, that was the speculation, was that the Chargers would have one of their home games over there. The Broncos could be the opponent. Looks like the NFL went with the Titans instead. That's a uh, that's a bad sign when the NFL would rather use the Titans to market their product than the Broncos. <laughs> well, it's all about who wants to give up a home game, though, right? Well, but the Chargers are giving up the home yeah, game. They yeah, they wouldn't have to give up the home game. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, the Jags might as well just move to London. The Jags play there every year now. Mm, they, you may get your wish. Might as well be London. Uh, they might as well play half their schedule in London. I'm glad the Broncos aren't playing in London. I, I think that just throws a wrench in the gears of the season. It just it's an it's an odd travel. I'm, I'm glad they don't have to deal with that. You know, when I visited there, that was the beginning of the end to the um, McDaniel's era. That that game spurred his firing, and you know, people talk about why he was let go. Ultimately, the reason the Broncos expedited that firing is because of the old uh, videotape uh, episode when they were caught spying on the Niners before a game in Wembley. A meaningless game at that point. The season was over for crying out loud. Yeah, Spygate 2 didn't help the Broncos. They lost. But you know what? I I was talking about how I didn't want them to to play over there because it would throw them off. Uh, Jacksonville played there this year. The Saints played there this year. The Vikings played there this year. And the Rams played there this year. All playoff teams. So now, by the same token, the Ravens, the Dolphins, the Browns, and the Cardinals all did too. So half the teams that played over there are in the playoffs. So maybe yeah, it's... doesn't it make more sense though to be on the East Coast if you're going to play there? Yeah, totally. It's a heck of a lot shorter trip because it's just such a, it's, it was a pain. I remember it's such a pain to travel there. It's so damn far. If the if the Broncos are going to play anywhere outside the country, it might as well be Mexico City. Yeah, that's the place. Those are brutal trips for the Chargers and the Raiders. Uh, half the AFC West playing in London. I I'm going to take that as a positive for the Broncos. Well, that's one of those deals where you know that's coming after a bye week or bye week will follow the game, and they're going to be playing on the East Coast the week before, right? You would assume so, yeah. You fly from New York there after you play the Jets. That would seem to make sense. All right, uh, H.W., you listed a couple more coaches that the Broncos hired yesterday. Who who are these guys? Oh, man, we can uh, dive into them and really break them down. I mean, in all seriousness, they they had a couple hires. Uh, Zach Azini is the wide receivers coach. Azani. Azani, I I don't know. Greg Williams is your new DBs coach. I hey, thought that was Greg... the Bounty Gate guy, but apparently yeah. it's a different Greg. Williams. Not enough G's in Greg. Exactly. Greg, the Greg Williams Bounty Gate guy has two G's at the end of Greg. Yeah, that's Greg Williams. Yeah. This is just Greg Williams. I mean, you look now if you go to their official site, and it was the subject of my hot take a couple hours ago. They they now have twenty four coaches, including 
an offensive line coach for the tackles and an offensive line coach for the guards. Uh, wh- what's going on here? I don't care how many coaches they hire. That doesn't bother me. It's I, professional it, football. It doesn't bother me either, but it does seem like there's 22 starters. And we have you know 24 what, though, coaches? There are also fewer practices, and they don't practice like they did back in the day, so perhaps they need more one-on-one time. Maybe. Okay, so you know, I like outside-the-box thinking. Maybe this is a, an outside-the-box way to... Go after it. Where you know what, playing interior offensive line is distinctly different than playing tackle. Mm-hmm. So why would you not have somebody different coaching them? But do they have a punter coach and a kicker coach? Like how you, far you do you take I, this? What I found interesting as well yesterday, the news emerges that Josh Allen has accepted a, a spot in the Senior Bowl. So now you have two potential quarterback picks for the Broncos: Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen, that they get to see up close and personal. Right? They get to see exactly how they act, how they learn how they respond i i think it's a big deal i think it is too if you had to guess which one do you think john always more interested in josh allen me too me too he he if you watch his highlights which is actually that's a fun 10 minutes go to youtube and and look up his highlight reel he makes elway-esque plays now i'm not Mm -hmm. saying he's john elway but he's the guy who can roll to his left throw the ball 55 yards downfield in the air and hit a receiver in the end zone on a dime. That's that's Elway-esque. Well, the other the reason it's so hard to scout these guys and to assess, you have to ask this question. Which of the quarterbacks, if you choose between Allen and Baker Mayfield, which of the two has reached his peak already, right? Plateaued already. Who has more potential? Who has a chance to get to that next level of greatness? We've seen greatness out of Baker Mayfield at times. Perhaps that's as good as he gets. Mm, doesn't Josh Allen seem like another tall guy with a big arm? I mean, to me, Josh Allen seems like Brock and Paxton all but over again. But he's not 6'8", is he? 6'5". All right, so he's prototypical quarterback. Like We get a little silly with the Brock Osweiler Paxton Lynch thing of how tall they are. They're three inches taller than your standard quarterback. And when they're out on the field, it's not like they look like... Uh, you know, minute bowl playing quarterback. They don't look oddly tall. Uh, Baker Mayfield is further from the norm than Brock Osweiler and Paxton Lynch are. Man, it just yeah. surprises me that both you uh, would take Allen over Mayfield. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not I would. Tell you what, yeah, I would exactly. take Mayfield over Allen. It's not even do, close. Do not misinterpret what we said there. The question was posed: Who would Elway take? Correct. Not who would I take? It doesn't because con- I, I I don't buy this whole physical trait stuff. When it comes to that position, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the big frame, big arm. I, I think the biggest the biggest equation is the mind. Whether you can play, whether you have the poise, whether you have the... I mean, Drew Brees breaks all those traits. Yeah, so I mean, you're hoping Baker Mayfield is Drew Brees or Russell Wilson, right? That's what you're hoping. You're hoping Josh Allen is all the other good quarterbacks in the NFL that are his size. I mean... Uh, he, he's prototypical. I, I, I don't have as much of a problem with it as you do, Vic. I, I think you got to have a guy that's, you know, got the right frame, got the right arm. I'm I'm intrigued by Josh Josh Allen. I'm telling you, go to YouTube and watch his highlight reel. And I know it's his highlight you reel. Know, They're highlight not showing any of the mistakes, that, but that, that's what they are. They're highlight reels. I get <laughs> it. Just get nothing but highlights. I get it, but I can put together a highlight reel. You probably find a Patrick okay. Lynch highlight reel in the semifinal game. Lincoln Riley, is Lincoln Riley, is that, is that the yes. Oklahoma coach? Lincoln Riley yes. take, took the football out of Baker Mayfield's hands. Why? He did. Why? That doesn't bad concern you? Decision. Bad, bad coaching Terrible decision. coaching. Yeah. Okay. Just like, you know, the Georgia coach in overtime took the ball out of Sony Michelle's hands. Okay. All right. I'm just saying that concerns me. He also had a third and two at midfield at the end of regulation, and instead of 
dumping it off and getting the first down. He threw an incomplete pass down the field. Yeah. Uh, from the text line, we mentioned Joslin's as one of my favorite stores. This guy says, I was more of a May DNF guy. Oh, May DNF. Remember the May DNF downtown where they yeah. had the skating, the figure skating out front? Oh, yeah, the old May DNF. Down 16th Street Mall. I'll bet the 16th Street Mall went in in the 1980s, don't you think? I had to. I'll look that up. Should have had Dude, that in the there. Dude, old, the old downtown with the May DNF and the skating down there was as good as it gets. And you could go up uptown a little bit, go to Cottrell's, get yourself a suit. My grandma and I used to take the damn bus, the 44, down to Woolworths, <laughs> get out at Woolworths, run on over to Woolworths. May DNF and Joslin's. What a day we had. I was going to talk about Waterworld opening, but it actually opened in 1979. But it did, you know, it, it helped make the 80s. And there was Celebrity Fun Center, too. That was pretty awesome. Chris writes in, Jack Nicholas won his final major in 86. That's a record that may never be broken. You're right. That's a good one. You're exactly right. You got the Vic Lombardi Show. We'll go spanning the globe when we come back. There's big news in the new year as mortgage loan limits are increasing meaning you may be able to borrow more money when purchasing a new home. It's an increase that will give buyers more choices in homes, so you can plan your new year and the things you want to accomplish. Make sure home ownership is near the top of the list. With just a 10-minute call to the salary-based mortgage consultants at American Financing, you can start the process of getting mortgage approval, an even better way to find out exactly what loan amount you can be approved for. It will make your home search more enjoyable. So give my friends at American Financing a call. 303-695-7000. 303-695-7000. Check them out online at AmericanFinancing.net. They're the official mortgage company of Altitude 950. NMLS 182334, regulated by the Division of Real Estate. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Crackman and Harris. Coming up on the Thursday edition of Crackman and Harris, one half of the show returns. Ryan Harris is back from Las Vegas. I'm Josh Dover, still sitting in for new father Nate Crackman. We will hear from Gina Mizell of the Denver Post. Check in on the Denver Nuggets, who hosts the Atlanta Hawks on Wednesday night. And we'll also get to see the big fella in a USC jersey as he has to pay the piper in Mark Mosher. Mark Haas provides the jersey. It'll happen around 4 o'clock. You will not want to miss it. Crackman and Harris, 3 to 6 on Thursday. Only on Altitude 950. Here's your National Western Stock Show update. Brought to you by Lifetime Windows and Siding. Tickets are on sale for tonight's Pro Rodeo performance in the Coliseum. Free with your grounds admission today is Cinch Equicross in the Coliseum. Teenage contestants competing for scholarship money. Fast-paced and packed with entertainment. Tickets and info at nationalwestern.com. This National Western Stock Show update is brought to you by Lifetime Windows and Siding. Great windows at a fair price. Call 1-800-GET-WINDOWS or go online to Lifetime. WindowsColorado.com today. When friends and family come to visit, do what I do and take the short drive up the hill to Central City. It's only 30 minutes from the west side of town via I-70 and the Central City Casino Parkway. Central City offers everything your fun-seeking group desires. Hotels, dining, bars open 24-7, a craft brewery, and live casino action day or night. Central City isn't the big box, corporate-owned casino experience. It's Colorado-owned and operated, rich in history. Bring your friends and family, cruise I-70 to the parkway and take the four lanes to Hey, man. Haven't seen you in a while. You still working at that warehouse by the airport? Yep, I've been there a little over five years now. How much are they paying you? About $11.50 an hour. (laughs) $11.50? Really? 
Well, why don't you come work with me at the Safeway Distribution Center? The starting pay is $17.15 per hour. Wow. I can start out making $17.15 an hour? Oh, yeah. And that's just the starting pay. After being employed for two and a half years like me, you'll make $24.50 per hour. Plus, you'll receive raises along the way. That's incredible. Do they offer benefits? Yes, sir. You'll get an amazing benefits package once your probationary period ends. How do I apply? Just log on to SafewayDenverDC.com. Safeway, a company you can retire with, is hiring full-time employees for their order selector positions, working in the distribution center located on I-70 between Colorado Boulevard and Monaco. The starting pay is $17.15 per hour. Apply right now at SafewayDenverDC.com. That's SafewayDenverDC.com. Safeway is a drug-free workplace. Must be at least 18 years old to apply. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Now, back to Vic Lombardi. A lot of feedback after the Michael Malone interview. If you missed it, you can um, go to our website. You can go to our app. You can go to various places. It's on podcast. It's available. Uh, very insightful stuff from Coach Malone. Um, he's as maddened as we are about the uh, roller coaster, the uh, yo-yo uh, season that has been, the hot and cold. You know, you win two in a row, you lose two in a row. You win one, you lose two. You win three, you lose one. It's just been crazy. First time this season that the Nuggets have lost three straight. Last night, capped off with a horrible loss against the worst team in the NBA, the Atlanta Hawks. So, uh, coming up in about ten minutes, we'll visit with the uh, the resident doctor, Travis Heath. Get his thoughts on the Nuggets' woes and perhaps what he would... Uh, what opinions he might have to fix what's broken over there. Uh, some of the texts coming in, we asked our Power 5 question of the day, how would you rearrange the letters at Sports Authority Field at Mile High? So you wouldn't have to bring the letters down. You just rearrange them, right? Save the letters. Save yourself that cost. <laughs> From 0724, he came up with the sushi tray field at Mile High. Mm, creative. Not a sushi guy. What? Not a sushi guy. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, it's raw meat. Yeah. 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 Did you hear about Lori Markinen? By the way, Lori Markinen, when he was interviewed by Phil Jackson, when he was drafted, uh, Phil Jackson before he was let go, took Lori Markinen out to a dinner and basically forced him to eat octopus. He pressured him, quote, to eat octopus during a pre-draft dinner. Sorry, dude. If some dude says you got to eat this octopus or we're not going to draft you, I'm out. I'm not eating that crap. Isn't octopus calamari? I'm out. I hate that. I, you no won't way. eat calamari? No chance. None. Zero. It looks disgusting. Yeah, I'll stick to things that have been cooked. Yes, calamari is cooked in life. You don't eat sushi things either. that are cooked, please. I fake sushi, like California rolls. Man, you guys are sticks in the mud. Neither one of you is uh, eat sushi. Says the vegan. Yeah, dude, you got yeah. a different. Hey, come on, man. Dude, that's a lifestyle. <laughs> that's why you run out of energy <laughs> so quick. Say that with a straight face. <laughs> uh, Danny says, "Hey guys, don't forget the '80s Dave Cooks. I used to work at Dave oh, Cooks, yeah. the one at Lakeside." There was one at the North Valley Mall there on 84th and I-25, and you would pass the caramel corn, caramel with a K. That was outside, and then go to Dave Cook's to get like your baseball glove and your bat and stuff. Dude, that, that was, was the great. that was the those were the glory years of Denver-based sporting department stores, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it was Dave Cook's versus Garp Brothers. You had to choose. 
Yeah. You were either a Dave Cook guy or a Gart Brothers yep. guy. Yep. It was Rocky Mountain News versus Denver Post. Uh-huh. Make your choice. Uh-huh. You were either uh, a Walgreens guy or a Skaggs guy. Yeah. I'm going to give you a story you're not going to remember. All I'll right. give you one. Test me. TG and Y. TG and Y? You have no clue, bro. That was a North Denver delicacy. I do not TG know TG and, and y. y. It was like a Walgreens in North Denver. Anybody out there listening, tell me you remember TG and Y. Do you remember Mervin's coming in? Yes, that Mervin's. That's a no-brainer. How about Yellow Front? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yellow Front was a classic. I didn't realize it was Nostalgic Thursday. <laughs> hey, 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 HW. I just want, it, it, Yellow Front was the dollar store before the dollar store. Yeah, exactly. They just called it Yellow Front. Fascinating. All right, let's span the globe, please. There's a lot going on in the sports world. Let's span the globe. All right, guys, we'll start with this. UCF fans bought a billboard in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, congratulating Alabama for winning the national title, but also asked if the Crimson Tide would like to play their team in a home-and-home. Do you like this move from UCF fans? Hell yeah, man. Heck yeah, you finished undefeated. Take advantage of that stage. I'd love to see that game, to be honest with you. Yeah, no doubt. And they actually have more of a leg to stand on than in previous years when there were non-power conference teams that were undefeated. I mean, they beat Auburn, who beat both Georgia and Alabama. Right? Now, I know they beat them in a bowl game that Auburn probably didn't care that much about, et cetera, et cetera. But, no, I I love it. I love it. They, they have a chance to, to sort of be in the in the spotlight here. Take advantage of it. Does UCF have that uh, safety that is missing the hand? Yes. Remember that guy? That, yeah. That's amazing. It is that, re- that is That is remarkable. He was the best player on the field in that bowl game. Remarkable. Do you guys remember when Baker Mayfield got arrested 11 months ago? Back in the news again. Let's hear from Mayfield when he got arrested. I have been and I will be a lot harder on myself. The coach Stoops already said that we'll handle the punishment when you know everything's decided. But I, I've been very hard on myself and I'll continue to do that. I know what, what I can and can't do and I messed up. So it's good to know that teammates know who the real me is and so they can support me no matter what. Mayfield was arrested February 25th in Fayetteville, Arkansas, charged with public intoxication, disorderly conduct, fleeing and resisting arrest. Why is this news? Because we find out yesterday that he is allowed to participate in the NFL Combine. Apparently, there was still some questions surrounding that. How silly would it have been to not let Baker go to the Combine because of an arrest 11 months ago? So public intoxication? P.I., disorderly conduct, fleeing and resisting. He wasn't driving? No, come on, man. Right. They still arrest people for public intoxication. That's dumb. I, it, I, like, I, I'm not saying it's you know the, the, it's the best thing in the world to go do, but it's just yeah. it, man, talk about much ado about nothing. Doesn't it surprise you though that this was a consideration to not let him go to the combine? Yeah, it, that's silly. that would have been silly. All right, we'll move over to the NFL world. Norv Turner is finalizing a deal to become the Panthers' offensive coordinator per ESPN. Man, Norv has been around forever. Dude, this whole recycling of NFL assistants is starting to weigh on me. Um, and, and listen, I like the guy. I loved him when he was here. Wink Martindale's the new DC in Baltimore, right? Yeah, he was. I mean, it's the same fantastic. guys. It's the same guys all over the league. It's the same people. Does anybody else know how to coach football? Well, and what was ironic is Wink Martindale got that job because Dean Pease. Yeah, it's the same people. Retired, and Dean it's the same Pease names. was who the Broncos tried to get and settled for Wink Martindale. It's yeah, it's it's aggravating. Although 
the Rams going with a recycled defensive coordinator worked out pretty well. That one did work, but you know what? His resume proved to work. I mean, he wor- he wins everywhere he goes. Yeah, that's true. Nor- North Turner. I mean, when's the last time North Turner had a great offense? Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin? Tell you what, those teams in Dallas, the talent in Dallas made North Turner a ton of money for the rest of his career. Yeah, that offensive line, uh, Jay Novacek, uh, Alvin Harper, Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, Daryl Johnson, Troy Aikman. I could have coached that team to good offensive numbers. I'm telling you, that collection of talent made money for every single member of that organization for years to come. Uh, Blake Bortles apparently getting a little fat and happy after winning one playoff game. Bortles has a message to his critics. It'll probably never stop, and there's people that think LeBron James sucks, so if that happens, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that always think I suck. Wow, Blake Bortles pulling the LeBron James card at the podium yesterday. I, you know, uh, your Blake Bortles dude just don't talk. He's not comparing himself to LeBron James. He, well, his point is everybody takes criticism, even the best, so I can't expect criticism to not come my way. Let, let's pump the brakes on throwing him under the bus for this one. Boy, I mixed a lot of metaphors in that one. Quickly from the text line, Vic, like most of the media, you overuse the words remarkable and amazing. Everything can't be remarkable and amazing. You're right. Balderdash. <laughs> All right, we'll move on, guys. Brett Favre, you remember the famous 2009 NFC title game, Vikings-Saints. Let's hear from Favre after that game because there's some new news. Um, it's one of the few times I kind of went blank there for a while in my career. Um, just the, the way I, I guess, was slung around on the turf. That doesn't sound like a man who was very healthy that day. It has now come out that he played that game with a concussion in 09. You'll remember, too, the Vikings famously, infamously blew that game. That is the last game as a Packer? I believe it was, right? Oh, I thought this was the Vikings. Oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking of the super cold game against... Yeah. uh, Okay. No, this was the the game in New Orleans when the Saints went on to beat... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Back-to-back weeks of the bounty, right? Mm Because the week before, the Saints knocked out Kurt Warner. I got you. How are the signs not there, though? I mean, listening to that bite from 09, and it's now nine years later? It's another game he threw a bad interception at the end of the game, though, right? They're driving for the field goal, and he throws the pick. Yeah. Perhaps you, perhaps we should have got wind. He was concussed when he started sending pictures of body parts to random people. Yeah, that's always kind of a sign of it. And we'll close with this. Rich Gannon, rumors were swirling. He would join John Gruden in Oakland. That probably isn't happening. I didn't think it would be fair to myself, my family, or even to John, not to either be all in um, with him. And so uh, we talked this morning. I think he understood that. I think he probably knew that before we even really... Um, you know, he knows me as well as anybody and so um so I won't I won't be doing that. No Rich Gannon in Oakland as the quarterback's coach. I'm still I'm still a little curious to see what John Gruden will accomplish with the Raiders. I, I really am. That is a, a very interesting hire because so many teams have tried to pull him out of retirement and failed. And this is the one this is the one the team where he Started his head coaching career? The Raiders were very, very good during his tenure. They were really good. They were the best team in the division during his tenure. And he went to Tampa Bay and he had success early. I know his overall record doesn't look that great because the last couple years weren't very good, but John Gruden's a heck of a football coach. The Raiders are going to be good. 8380, how about Furs Cafeteria? Family went there weekly at South Glen Mall. There was also one at Lakeside Mall. There was, I can vouch for that. There was one on the North Glen Mall on the east side. 
For sure. God, East side of the mall. good cafeteria food anymore. Oh, man. Fried chicken, mac and cheese, some mashed Go potatoes, three get or some four jello. Times. Oh, yeah. Go to the soda machine and mix them all up. Different I remember flavors. distinctly because I worked at Dave Cook's and the first cafeteria at Lakeside was right near Dave Cook's. I can't believe I liked First Cafeteria. I love it. By the it. way, uh, the texts are saying that uh, you aired uh, calamari is actually squid, not octopus. Ah, I asked. I asked the question. The hell's the difference? They both swim in the ocean. Freaky animals. Why Thank would you, you for them? clarifying because I asked and nobody on the show knew. Freaks. Up next, the good doctor, Travis Heath. His thoughts on what is ailing your Denver Nuggets. Neither one of you is a, uh, eats sushi, says the vegan. Yeah, dude. You got a different... Come on, man. Dude, that's a lifestyle. (laughs) It's the dream you never thought possible. A ride on the Zamboni at Pepsi Center. Altitude 950 is giving you this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And we'll throw in a pair of tickets for the Abs and Sharks January 18th. It's another ultimate Abs experience. Keep it on Altitude 950 all this week to qualify. Darren College, a former NFL Super Bowl champion, signed the most important contract of his life to serve in the Army National Guard. I've had a lot of military in my family. It's a big part of what uh, my family's done for a long time. I'm, I want to go out there and make a difference. I didn't find that working behind a desk, so for me it was a pretty easy decision to make. And then the opportunity to serve my community and serve my country was just icing on the cake. To learn how to be part of the Army National Guard, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Colorado Army National Guard. Aired by the Colorado Broadcasters Association at this station. Friday, January 12th, is 1980s night when your Denver Nuggets host the Memphis Grizzlies at 7 p.m. Be a part of Nuggets history as we celebrate the 1980s era as part of our 50th anniversary season. Michael Adams, Mike Evans, Calvin Nath, Danny Shades, Wayne Cooper, and Bill Haslick will be on hand for a pregame autograph session and a special halftime ceremony. All fans in attendance will receive a special 1980s night poster. Get your tickets today at Nuggets.com. Guys, listen up. We all love those hearty home-style meals. You know, the chicken fried steak with a huge side of mashed potatoes covered in gravy. But let's be real. We aren't going to cook that up. That's why I get my home-style meal fix from the Black Eyed Pea. This is Vic for the Black Eyed Pea. When I have a craving for those home-style meals, the Black Eyed Pea is my go-to. Half-pound burgers, ribeye steak, and don't forget about their made-from-scratch desserts. Locally owned and operated with nine front-range locations throughout Denver and Castle Rock. Over $135 million. That's how much money the C3 Group recovered for its clients just in 2017. The C3 Group is a group of licensed public insurance adjusters, engineers, appraisers, meteorologists, and other experts here to help you with your insurance claims. Consider them a go-between between you and your insurance. Let the C3 Group help you today. Visit the website at c3adjusters.com. C3Adjusters.com At KeyBank, we believe financial wellness is all about taking small steps. Financial wellness means spending your money wisely and being aware of your spending. KeyBank's financial wellness tool not only makes it so that I can track my spending, but I can see what I'm spending my money on. I feel more conscious of what I'm spending, and I feel like I have the reins more than I did before. If you want to take your first steps to financial wellness, use the red key. KeyBank. Member FDIC. Altitude 950. Denver's all-sports station. Text us at 30933 to join the show. It's 
go straight to the hotline and bring in the good doctor, Travis Heath, who joins us on a weekly basis here on Altitude 950. Uh, Doc, I heard you on um, Adam Morris's podcast uh, recently, and wow, that was way, way too much knowledge spewing back and forth. You guys are way over my head. I, I, frankly, I listened to that thing, and I, I felt smarter afterwards, so good stuff. Yeah, Adam's a good dude, man. He's like a... He's kind of like a, a Nuggets Yoda. He, know, he knows he knows his stuff. You guys are the same dude, it seems, because you have a lot of the uh, same impressions of this team. And I have to ask you, after last night's defeat, um, how do you how do you see them repairing what's wrong? Because it, I don't think it's a quick fix. I, I think there are some issues with this team that's going to take some time. Yeah, I mean, I'm torn, Vic. On one hand. I think that during the course of a season, especially when you're like the Nuggets and you are a young team that's sort of, it's a good team, but it's it's like, you know, you could make the playoffs. You could even get into like that middle tier of the playoffs, but you could also fall out of the playoffs. And I think when you're that kind of team, you're going to have bad losses. And last night was obviously a bad loss. I, I'd have to think back, but it might be the worst loss of the season. I, I'm, I'm, you know, prone to think that that's probably true. And so is it just sort of a, a bad stretch? And are we going to make too much of it? Or is this symbolic of, you know, a larger systemic problem that's going on? I'm not 100% certain, to be honest with you. Given Michael Malone's reaction, I tend to think it might be the latter, that it might be a more serious problem. It's curious listening to him last night, right, because he, he sort of banned the use of the word playoffs. And I don't is this a motivational tactic? Um, was it calculated? Did he just say it emotionally? Was it some combination? And then, you know, I read some comments from Gary Harris last night, and, you know, it seemed Gary was, was pretty peeved about, um, you know, what Malone had said. And that leaves me to believe, like, okay, either what Michael Malone said is working and the Nuggets are going to come out like gangbusters on Friday and for the rest of, of this stretch of games, which should be favorable, or is it the beginning of some sort of chasm, right? And it, we're seeing the, the very beginnings of it. I think these next stretch of games will be revealing because, like, part of this is how hard a team plays, and and but part of it, I think, is more clinical in the sense of, like, how well a team executes. And I know that the effort wasn't necessarily there at times last night, but I'm also concerned about the execution, and I might even be a little bit more concerned about how they're executing as opposed to just the effort. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Gary Harris uh, because that was uh, my interview. When I asked Gary, I said, hey, uh, mm-hmm. coach doesn't want you to use the word playoffs. He mentioned that, and he said, hey, man, it's just one loss. And it was very striking very striking to me the um, the difference between the coach's reaction and the player's reaction. Uh, the way the players view it, eh, it's just a loss. Coaches are more like me. This is not just a loss. This is a trend. This is a stretch where you have not played well. And uh, mm-hmm. I know you, you, you mentioned that. How do you deal with players when you're not on the same page? My response would be, Travis, hey, man, tough. You're the coach. You lay down the law. Players have to adapt to the coach. It shouldn't be the other way around. No, I hear you. I just think if you're a coach, especially coaching young players these days, I think you have to weigh how often and when you go to what Michael Malone went to last night. And I think if there's a time for it, it's probably after last night, to be honest with you. But, you know, like, if things went set, look, Michael Malone has more riding on this, right? If the Nuggets don't make the playoffs, does he keep his job? I mean, I think there's serious conversation about that. 
in that way, I think Malone just feels more pressure than the players. I mean, look, Gary Harris well, signed a four-year deal, yeah, right? These guys, so, these guys have guaranteed deals. The coach always has more yep. pressure on him. Well, especially when, you know, you're – I don't want to say it's playoff or bust, but it feels that way. Like, no one in the Nuggets organization has come out and said that. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like if the Nuggets weren't to make the playoffs this year, it would be a tremendous disappointment. And which is I, why, I think, Doc, sorry to yeah, interrupt, but which no, is no, why go, if, go, go. You, if you have everything riding on it, as Michael Malone does, well, by God, I'm going to go out my way. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to tell these guys to do it this way or, 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 or get out. I mean, that, that, wouldn't, wouldn't it behoove me to do it that way rather than to uh, uh, lower myself to their expectations? Well, I don't know. I think there's a way to do it without lowering it to their expectations, right? I think there's a way to be calculated about, you know, how, how you go after the team. But all that said, I'm not sure that it, it was the wrong move by Michael Malone, right? I, th- I think that – you know, maybe Gary Harris's reaction is exactly what he's looking for. Now, if if Malone is doing this once every two weeks, and he hasn't been to his credit, but if he's doing this once every two weeks, then you know it loses its impact, right? You have to choose your spots. But you know, like I said, I'm interested to see how how they come back. I mean, look, Jokic. What did Jokic shoot from three last night? Was it like oh, 0 for eight oh, or oh something eight. crazy like yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so you know, if Jokic shoots three for eight. I mean, you know, they're right in that game towards the end. And so even – my point is, even as poorly as they played, there were a lot of factors that, that came together um, to make that a really, really awful game for the Nuggets last night. I Look, I think if the Nuggets come back and, and they, they have a favorable schedule, let's say they win four out of six, something like that, I doubt we'll even, we'll even be talking about this. But it is interesting, Vic, because this is like, I believe last night was like the midpoint of the season, the actual midpoint so. of the season, right? Yeah, the 41st and if you look game. at what, right, and what are the Nuggets, 21 and 20 now? Yep. Is that one game alone. Yep. If we look at that record, Vic, I, even considering everything coming into the season, I thought the Nuggets would be a little bit better than one game over 500 at this point. Even um, with Paul Millsap you know, out, but even with see, I, I I even said this to the yeah. coach today when I interviewed him. I said if if you had told me Millsap out after the 16th game that you'd be a game above at this point, I probably would have taken that at that point. To be honest with you, well, that's a really great point, Vic. It's funny because, and I don't know, maybe I'm alone in this. But I forget that Millsap's even on the team because of the injury. Now, part of that is a credit to Malone and to the players because they've played pretty darn good basketball uh, on on balance without Millsap. So I think you're probably right. If you look in the context of it, that's probably fine, 21 and 20. But let's say the Nuggets continue to fall back because didn't, uh, didn't Malone say Millsap's at least a couple months out, right, yeah, from coming back? He did. He did. So if, that, if that's the case, okay, um, if the Nuggets don't make the playoffs, does that save Malone's job? Like, that you, you say, okay, Millsap, we basically didn't have Millsap for the majority of the season. We don't make the playoffs. Does he keep his job? I mean, that's a tough one. So, if look, if the expectation is still the playoffs, then, you know, I think they've got to be a little bit better in the second half of the season than 21 and 20, right, to get that done. Certainly. So, all of that combined, man, I'm sure Malone Malone is feeling the heat. And I do feel for that dude, man, because if you look over his tenure with the Nuggets, man, he's had he's always had many more players that can play than open spots for playing time, right, which 
a GM loves that. You love to have lots of good talent. But for a coach, that's a nightmare. So he, he certainly has had to juggle a lot. He's always got someone angry with him, right? Like Fareed's angry with him now because Lyles is playing so much better than Fareed. Moutier's been a good soldier, but he's probably not happy not playing. So I do acknowledge that Malone has had a tough, <laughs> a tough go of it in terms of how do you take all of these different pieces and try and, and, and make it functional and make everyone happy. So you mentioned Jokic. I, I asked the coach this morning when he joined us, um, what has he noticed? What, what has been different? Why is the Joker completely out of sorts? Listen to his response, Doc. You know, obviously, we all come to realize that he's the future of this franchise. And obviously, uh, there are many expectations from him. Not about all that. I think he wants to continue to uh, show his teammates that he's capable of doing the job. He... Um Mm-hmm. It seems to me, talking to Joker last night, I, I couldn't tell if he was angry, frustrated, or just like forlorn that he doesn't understand what's going on. But to me, it, it, it's the classic example of a freaking long season, and you're in those dog days, and you're mentally fatigued. It's not just physical, you're mentally mm-hmm. fatigued, right? And it takes some time to get out of that funk. I think you're right, and I think for Jokic... He's learning how to carry those expectations of being the face of a franchise, of being the guy. He's 22 years old, right? He's living in a foreign country. He's still adjusting to that. Um, at 22, can you imagine? And I know people yeah. will say, well, he's paying a bunch of money and all this. Yeah, but that doesn't, that doesn't make managing any of this sure. easier. And, and so harder. when I, I, I think you're right. And so when I look at Jokic, I think, look, last year he was a revelation. Um, you know, he people, nobody thought he was the future of the franchise coming into last season. I mean, people thought he could be pretty good. But then the way he exploded, what he did in Madison Square Garden, that, like, moment against LeBron and the Cavs, I mean, he had all these signature moments. And now this year people are coming for him, and he's having to carry those expectations. And that's hard. I mean, I think you have to learn how to do that. And you have to learn how to do that. You know, through adversity, you have to learn how to do that when you shoot 0 for 8 from 3, right? Um, you, the, you, you still have to be the guy. And does Jokic have the mental makeup to do that is the question. I actually think he does, but I think we have to give him time to learn how to carry that, right? I mean, look at another great, great player, probably the greatest player to ever come through Denver. Look at someone like John Elway. John Elway had to learn how to carry that too, didn't he? I mean, Elway, it, it took him years to sort of learn how to carry that. So I think if we expect that out of Jokic at age 22, to, to that sort of be seamless, I think we're probably asking too much. I still think he can do it. He's just he's got to learn how to. You've been in a lot of NBA locker rooms. You know how it works. You know that sometimes the leadership has to come from inside. It can't come from the coach all the time. It's got to be the players. The trouble with this Nuggets roster is that the, the veterans, the guys who have been through those battles, who have been to the playoffs, the Richard Jeffersons, the uh, Darrell Arthurs, uh, Kenneth Fareed, who's been to the they don't play, right? And and when you don't play, yeah. the other guys who do play, whatever you say to them, it's sort of like, well, you know, what does that matter? You're not playing. So how do you achieve leadership if you're not in the rotation? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, Millsap was that guy, right? And it's tough with him out because, I mean, um, you know, Mason Plumlee can bring some of that. I mean, I think they listen to Richard Jefferson and all that. But, Vic, I think your point's a, a solid one in that, you know, when you're out there actually doing it and you're logging 35 minutes a night, right, you got a guy who's not playing at all who's sort of telling you uh, what to do. I mean, maybe not telling you what to do, but dropping advice every now and again. 
Yeah, I think there is this kind of element of, look, I'm out here carrying all of this, right? And Vic, that all leads me to thinking about the trade deadline. That's going to be fascinating to me. What does this team do? Like, if you asked me two months ago, I would say, go get a point guard. Mm -hmm. But, dang, Jamal Murray, I mean, yeah, I know he has his ups and downs. But that dude at age 20, I think he's going to be the guy. And so I don't think you – maybe you get a backup veteran point guard. I'm cool with that. That could be a good way to go. But it just makes me wonder because they've got these young pieces, and obviously these guys are going to be good. I think in Gary Harris and Jamal Murray and Jokic, you have a potential big three around for, you know, the better part of the next decade. But right now, if you're trying to make the playoffs, to your point, I think you've got to go out and get some kind of veteran. And to me – the most obvious position is backup point guard. You get yourself a veteran backup point guard. I don't. I'm not in love with Will Barton playing point guard right now yeah. because I feel like I feel like he's at his best when he's looking to score. And I'm just watching him last night, and he's kind of initiating the offense, which he's supposed to do as a point guard. But it was frustrating because I went, man, where's that Will Barton from a couple weeks back who was just, you know, his tongue's out and he's got this swagger and he's looking to score every time. And maybe he's a little out of control sometimes, but, hey, that's Will Barton. And now he's this almost two-controlled point guard. So I think they need to get a veteran backup point guard. If they can do that, maybe, you know, a guy who can give you 15 minutes a night off the bench, maybe that'll help stabilize things on the court when Murray's off the court, but also leadership-wise. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think um, when you're thinking out there, uh, it's hard to play. And I think Will is thinking in that role because it's not his natural mm-hmm. position. And it's a tough deal. Okay, uh, Doc, listen, as usual, I love hearing from you. Good stuff. And uh, we hope that the Nuggets can snap out of this funk because it ain't fun at this point. Thank you very much, buddy. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Take care of it. That is the good doctor, Travis Heath. Didn't even get a chance to talk to him about um, uh, the relative disconnect that I feel sometimes at Pepsi Center and and why, you know, Manchester, we spoke about this at the onset. When, when that game tipped off and I just, the crowd wasn't into it, nobody was into it, it's hard to get into it when no one else is into it, right? That's got to rub off on the players. It's not an excuse, it's just an observation. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a fair and accurate observation and I think it's also right to say that's not an excuse. Final thoughts when we come back, including our many mistakes we've made in this show. Uh, a lot of texters chiming in on the 80s. We forgot about Skaggs, Shakies, the organ grinder. Oh, Trust me, I was a organ, grinder. organ grinder. I did mention Skaggs. I said you were either a Walgreens guy or a Skaggs guy. My brother texted me a photo of the Denver. Do you remember that uh, yes. department store? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Denver Dry Goods. Yep. Mr. Steak. Oh, how about steak and ale? Yeah. By the way, I uh, I referenced uh, the cafeteria. <laughs> oh my gosh! As furs at Lakeside, it was not furs. I was wrong. It was Wyatt's. Big Ooh, difference. Big yeah. big difference. You guys yeah. could just be making stuff up right now, and I'd have no <laughs> idea. All the listeners would know. We're back after this timeout. You got the Vic Lombardi show. Here's what's happening at Altitude 950. Cronky Sports Charities invites you to the Nuggets Social. Wednesday, January 24th at Punch Bowl Social. Hang out with your favorite Denver Nuggets players, coaches, alumni, dancers, and super mascot Rocky while raising funds for Cronky Sports Charities. Get your tickets now at nba.com forward slash nuggets forward slash tickets. 
The National Western Stock Show rolls into Denver January 6th through the 21st. So saddle up and ride. 16 days of family fun and rodeo excitement, including the original extreme sport, PBR Bull Riding, Rough and Tough Pro Rodeos, World Class Horse Events, the Super Bowl of Livestock Shows, and acres of Western shopping. Hey, if that don't light your fire, then your wood's wet. So come make some memories with us. Tickets are on sale now at NationalWestern.com in all King Super's locations. The Army National Guard is committed to keeping the country safe and our community secure. Composed of hundreds of thousands of citizen soldiers from all walks of life, the Guard is always ready to respond to local or national emergencies. We protect the homeland. We're always there when called upon, and in every state and territory, we stand guard for our communities. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Colorado Army National Guard. Aired by the Colorado Broadcasters Association at this station. Hi, this is Jack Farland, owner of Farland Classic Restoration. Since 1991, we've been Denver's premier classic car restoration and sales shop. From rebuilding a rare 12-cylinder Ferrari engine to performing world-class metalwork on a Jaguar XKE, you'll find we're always up to something interesting. What can we do for you? Learn more at FarlandCars.com or on Facebook at Farland Classic Restoration. Basketball is on tomorrow night on Altitude 2. Watch as your Denver Nuggets go head-to-head with the Detroit Pistons. Pre-game starts tomorrow on Altitude 2 at 6 p.m. with tip-off at 7 p.m. Altitude gets you an all-access pass to all things Nuggets all season long. For more behind-the-scenes interviews and game time, follow Altitude TV on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. Altitude Sports, your TV home of the Denver Nuggets. It's your favorite time of year at Pepsi Center. Nathan McKinnon. Don't miss the chance to cheer on your Colorado Avalanche. Landon Scott kept it, and the Avalanche win the game. Tickets for all games are on sale right now. Reserve your seats today at ColoradoAvalanche.com. Go Abs Go. Save hundreds on your next Yukon, Buick Encore, Sierra 1500, or Acadia at Sus Buick GMC. At Sus, there are no dealer fees, ever. The price you see is the price you pay plus tax. Sus saves you hundreds on their vast selection of over 500 new and used cars and trucks. So when you're looking at the sleek and powerful new GMC terrain on Sus.net, you can focus on how you'll spend the hundreds you saved. Sus Buick GMC, where they treat you like family. Family owned for over 35 years at 1301 South Havana in Aurora. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Now, back to Vic Lombardi. Final segment of the Vic Lombardi Show. Somebody just sent me a photo. Took at the uh, Nuggets game last night. Chris Dempsey and I doing the pregame stuff on court. And I'm just looking at this, this photo of myself. God, I have such a punchable face. Just smiling there. Nick, that's not nice. Come on. Don't be so hard on yourself. I, I don't like smilers. I don't like guys smiling. I'm smiling into the... Just a fake, punchable smile. Yeah. I don't punch myself so much. I think if you're smiling that much, you're either faking or oh, you're up to something. You know that TV smile? Like, you, you, you got a smile, the camera's on. It's just a fake smile. Nobody smiles that much. For what reason? Nothing's that funny. Don't smile for an hour straight. 
So are you going to turn a new leaf over and stop smiling? I just, I, I'm looking at it. It's curious because it, like, I saw this out of the corner of my eye and I go, who's that punchable guy? Oh, God, it's me. We spend 15 hours a, a week with Vic. How many minutes on average do you think he smiles a week with in that 15 hours? Oh, so we're including like commercial breaks and stuff? Yeah, the whole time. Ten? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, mean, I would say, I would say more often than not, it's under, under ten. So you think I'm usually frowning? Well, you're not smiling. What am I? I don't know. Is, you just kind of got the, the look you have right now. Just what's sort of my like, standing face? What is it? My standing face is it? It's kind of a of scowl. Like okay. Yeah, that's not. It's good not. Either, it's not mean. No, it's not mean. It's you. You just yeah. are pretty serious. But you know that dude that's always you know even if his, his standalone face is always in a smile. I just want to. I, I I can't handle that. What's so funny? What are you laughing at? What's the joke? It does drive you to a little crazy when I get that grin going. Yes, because we know yeah, you're up to something. Exactly. Something's happening. And earlier I in the what's show, happening. I was wondering what you were grinning about, and it was the latest Mike Kliss propaganda. Ah, there it was. Can you read said propaganda? Or I can't. Blocked? I can't read it. You could read it. Victor, have you seen this? No, what's this? Oh, you got to hear this. All I right. mean, this is just an absolute joke. It really drove me. I know you don't like when I, you know, go off on these tangents necessarily, but. All right, here we go. Mike Kliss. Clint Kubiak expected to be Broncos offensive assistant slash QBs. The role he had become blah, blah, blah. Here's the line Manchester doesn't like. He helped Simeon, Osweiler, and Lynch each have strong performances down the stretch. Essentially, he'll assist new QB coach Mike Sullivan. <sighs> Did any of those three quarterbacks have a strong performance a, down the stretch? It's not a strong statement. No. Okay. You feel That's better it. now? I just wanted to mention it. Just wanted to put it out there. Strong performances. Okay. Of, of those three quarterbacks, who's in that smile all the time state? You know exactly who I'm talking about, right? Paxton. Yeah, just smiling. I would too if I played Xbox all day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which you know what? He can thank the 80s for the fact that he has that Xbox. Cause the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1986 brought the home gaming market back after three years in a slump post Atari and television and ColecoVision. I get home from the game last night, and I'm in a bad mood because the Nuggets lost. I'm in just a horrible mood. And I walk in, the kids playing video games as usual. Got the little headset thing on, like he's an operator at a marketing store or whatever. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he, he gets up, and he's, like, pumping his fist. And I hear voices on the and like, they're all into it. And I'm like, yeah, they're, they're celebrating. I go, well, what happened? He goes, oh, we, we won. I'm like, God, I wish you got that excited for, like, an A and a grade or... You know, we used to get that excited when we won a game. We were getting excited for a video game. I, I I can't relate to that. I just can't. Somebody help me relate to that. Yeah, but I guarantee you, you, you were into something that Easy E was like, why is this kid so excited? Hell, sports. Yeah, he probably cool. was like, why is this kid so into yeah. eighth grade basketball? doesn't matter. Why doesn't he come to the car wash and work? Yeah. <laughs> He did used to pick me up mid-football practice to go clean gutters. I guarantee you. Let's get on to our fact checker, please. Marty monitors the mistakes. Oh, sorry. That's not right. In today's fact checker. Marty's sort of that always smile guy. Got that little snicker. I I stare at you for 10 seconds before I say anything, too, right? (laughs) Yeah. He's too young to have had life beat him down. All right, well, you guys started the show off pretty hot. The uh, Teflon meter back here was off the charts. Wow. Let's uh, take a listen and try and count how many we got here. Teflon Tad, we've got a new one. Teflon Tad. Yeah, yeah Teflon Tad. Yeah. Give him a lifetime contract. 
Teflon Tad is good to go. <laughs> I like we come back. Teflon Tad. It rolls off the Teflon tongue. Teflon Tad. Your Teflon Tad take. Uh, five by me, one by Will, one by Vic. Yeah, was, that was a pretty, uh, pretty hot segment there. Uh, HW absolutely butchered the offensive, uh, quality control coach's name, Chris Craigthorpe. Let's, uh, see what in the world went wrong here. Welcome, Chris Craigthorpe, who's your offensive quality <laughs> control so... coach. Try Craigthorpe. Craigthorpe. I mean, come on, you've never heard of Thorpe? Uh, Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe. Has an E at the end. I was Arguably trying to make the greatest a athlete point. ever. I was trying Jim to make Thorpe. a larger point. <laughs> All right, Manchester, you said Green Bay beat the Panthers in 1998. Wasn't paying it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was not right? No, it was actually the 49ers. The Packers beat the Panthers the previous year to get to the Super Bowl. You were close. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So in, in which, what, what was the date of the game? The date of the game was, hold on. It was when they beat New England the year before. He's saying they beat the Panthers. They beat the Panthers they beat that the year? Panthers yeah, the year I, before. I yeah, thought the you had your the backs drive, off. It was the sorry, sorry. Because remember, that was the year yeah. that the Jags yeah, upset yeah, yeah. the Broncos, and you could have had a pair of expansion teams go to the Super Bowl, right? Yep. Remember you're, that? You're right. You're 100% right. It's the first time in the history of this segment that he actually had something I had factually wrong. I, I'm in the club now. I'm in the club. All right, HW, we have to address your gross mispronunciation of Saskatchewan. Let's uh, let's take a listen. Mammoth and Saskatchewan Rush and Saskatchewan tickets. Mammoth and Saskatchewan Rush tickets Saturday night. He did that on purpose. Oh my he did that God. Saskatchewan. I mean, you want to try it again, or should we just cap it there? I'm excited for Pepsi Center on Saturday. It's going to be lit when the Mammoth play the Rush. It's going to be great. Uh, this is my new favorite segment, though. Just listening to the things you butcher is priceless. Saskatchewan. Uh, the balderdash count was one. The vegan count was also one. In fact, you called it a lifestyle, which is like <laughs> ten times worse. But that's all we have today. Not bad. Oh, Not bad. Man. That, was, that was good. <laughs> Saskatchewan. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know where else to go with that one. Uh, fire it up finale. What do we got? It's the Fired Up Finale. Here's what's got us fired up today. It's 10 and 7. No, they, hell, they won two games. They won two big games. They don't have to do anything the rest of the year. I don't care if they win another game. That's a free pass. Damn. Give them a lifetime contract. I'm happy going to the tournament once every four years. And, and you know, when they've gone to the tournament, how many games have they won? What, what have they done in that tournament? I mean, it's like the Rockies. They got one extra game. That's great. Let's throw a damn parade. Can, can we, can we, can we call the mayor up in Boulder and see if we can block off Pearl Street for this parade? Cause they're they 10 won. and 7. They beat both the teams from Arizona on their home floor. Wow, they haven't won a road game all year. Very punchable hot take there, Manchester. That is the fired up in the fired up finale. I was a little fired up to start the show. I, I'm admi- uh, I've got to admit it. Yeah, you were. A uh, question that just came down the pike via Twitter, and uh, we'll let Scott and Julie answer this one. Because Scott said he's going to tackle it head on. Somebody says, uh, does the lack of energy with the Nuggets have to do with the uh, them taking on the personality of their best player? Jokic, to me, seems lethargic at times, as well as the other starter, Chandler. Do the starters and the team take on that lethargic persona? We'll let uh, Scotty take that on. I think he has a few opinions on on how they have to snap out of that funk. If you missed Coach Malone, uh, we got him on podcast. Just download the app. It's free, or go to the website. I want to thank uh, everybody involved in the show today. What else we got, Manchester? Real quick, uh, Deadspin just uh, posted this. We got some extremely lame Pac-12 coach beef. 
in the opening sentence. Colorado Buffalo's men's basketball is about as mediocre this year as it is almost every year. <laughs> that was Deadspin one minute ago. I'm glad you saw ago. that. I just saw that too. All right, I got to go. Hey, I'm interviewing. I'm doing my Bygones Be Bygones series today. Mike Shanahan and Jake Plummer. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. That'll be fun. That'll be on an upcoming edition of Let's Talk Football. For Manchester HW, uh, Jesse Trujillo, Marty O, I'm Vic Lombardi. Thanks for tuning in. Up next, it's Hastings and Brownman on Altitude 950. Altitude 950. Rewind. Yeah, obviously.